0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com the OutNow podcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on OutNow with Aaron and Abe, we're talking awards contenders for the films of this year. Wait, where's Abe?
1: Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction.
0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Actually, Abe isn't here this week, so this week it's Out Now with Aaron and Mark. I am Aaron, and this is... Mark. Hey, Mark, how you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: For sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, out now is a Film Podcast, which has Mark and I discussing new movies. Um, however, this is uh, it's a little bonus episode again. L- last week, we didn't really have much no- new coming out in terms of kind of big releases that we wanted to spend a whole lot of time on. And this week is pretty much the same, although there's one le- release that was in limited release, Wild, with Reese Witherspoon, that we'll probably get to in this episode. But instead of devoting our time to just one main movie and having the segments go around, we figured we'd do something different and talk about the award season. Uh, We have a lot of movies that have come out, that are coming out, and will all lead to the various award ceremonies and whatnot that are happening this winter, which of course leads up to the Oscars, and we figured why not go into just a lot of these movies that Mark and I, between the two of us, have seen a a wide majority of of, as far as Oscar contenders go, and just kind of go into what we thought of a lot of these movies, what we think might happen come various awards, ceremonies, and what we'd like to happen, things like that. So with all that said, yes, joining me this week, Abe is out, but I do have one of our one of our most frequent guests on the show, Mark Hoban. And, uh, yeah, this should be this should be fun, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking that maybe you would uh, review The Pyramid this week, you know, that horror film that came out that I don't think anyone even is aware of. But uh, talking about the awards contenders is definitely a lot more, uh, I think, entertaining.
0: I definitely agree. And, well, <laughs> the, I mean, The Pyramid, I mean, it it's that's certainly a thing that happened, <laughs> um, but
2: did, did you see that?
0: I did not see that. No, oh, it okay. wasn't a it wasn't screened. And being as busy as I am, I decided to see, you know, other movies that we could talk about for this theme of this show rather than see the pyramids. <laughs> so, yes. A, a wise choice. Yeah. Um, but with that said, we will get to another horror movie pretty quickly here. But before we get to that, let's do a few show notes stuff announcements here. Um, iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Uh, if you log on to iTunes and find out now, Aaron and Abe. You can of course get us a star rating and maybe type in a sentence or so, and just you know describe your thoughts on the show, on our podcast here. And uh, it helps out our show. It helps other people find our show. It just you know puts us up there in the, the iTunes charts, and it's just a generally helpful thing to do. So if you just log on iTunes and do that, that'd be very, we'd be very grateful for this. That's pretty much it. We'll have uh, some new commentaries coming. I know we we missed November in terms of commentary because uh, it was just a busy month. So to make up for that, I know Abe and I and some other guests we have planned a very special. uh Double commentary pack coming out this month, so that should be fun. Ooh. Yeah. And, uh, with that, um, that's, that's announcement So, So let's, uh, let's get into it here. Let's, uh, let do a little quickies. TM. Yeah. Each week now we have some main topic of the week that we talk about. We have other movies that we see during the week, so we have a snack called End Cookies. And
2: uh, (laughs) I think you're you're rushing through that. Are you really saying words, or we just are we just? Those are words.
0: I can slow it down in the edit. Those are words.
2: (laughs) My my ears (laughs) just can't pick them up. I think
0: there there are a few dogs that can. But um... (laughs) (laughs)
2: okay, okay, gee.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, Mark, you and I have both seen a horror film out of Australia called The Babadook, correct? Correct, yes. And this is, uh, as I said, an Australian horror film uh, made by a debut filmmaker, Jennifer Kent. Uh, she's previously made short films, and she's been in the industry for a while, but this is her first feature film. And this is – I'm bringing this up mainly because The Babadook is it's – a, it's a really fantastic horror movie. Mark and I will both attest to this, and it's probably – it's, I would say, the best horror movie of this year, if not a few years. And there's a lot to – talk. I mean, there's a- – We're not going to get too far into it because this is Out Now Quickies and we have another segment to go into. But at the same time, we wanted to bring uh, some words to this one because it's on VOD now. So anyone can basically go out and pay like five bucks online to watch it. And it's certainly worth your time, I would say. So with that, Mark, what did you think of The Babadook?
2: Uh, Well, before I get into The Babadook, why is it only on demand? I mean, I know it's playing in a few theaters in L.A. and I think it's also playing in New York. But do you know why they decided not to give it like a, a more, you know, traditional release?
0: Because Ouija is Universal, Annabelle is Warner Brothers, and The Duke is a collection of very small studios from a foreign nation, and that's unfortunate. It,
2: it, is, yeah.
0: it, it, it obviously it obviously has it's been given such a, a wide critical praise. It's a horror movie which tends to sell. That's the only reason Ouija has made money, right. and they're. You know, it has pl- we'll talk about the plenty of things that it has going for it that could easily make it a big box office hit if it was given the chance to. But, yeah, we're in a state where it, along with other movies that kind of fit this this genre void the it's the genre realm, just they don't they don't get what they need to really expand their way into thousands of theaters like they should and presumably could be successful in that matter.
2: Yeah, because I, I think it is unfortunate that it didn't get a wider release. It I mean, we can see it on, on demand, and it's it's fine seeing it you know, at home, and if you have a nice TV, it, it's good. But I, I would have liked to have actually seen this film in a theater, and it most definitely is worthy of a theater. This is really quite an exceptional horror film. Um, you were saying best of the year. I, I would definitely say that. Uh, in many ways, I think this film might even rank up there with among the best horror films ever made. And what I like about it is it, it it's definitely a very kind of standard film in terms of like the tropes that it mines. You know, you've got this, sort of this boogeyman character and you've got a child in peril and there's dark spaces and flickering lights. But it kind of takes all of that and then it kind of creates this uh, relationship between mother and child. And on the surface, it is about this sort of creepy guy that's in a book and there's a pop-up book that the boy discovers on his bookshelf one day and he brings it to his mom uh to read to him uh as a bedtime story and this pop-up book is the scariest <laughs> children's children's book i have ever seen i mean it is absolutely frightening and it's i, I you just have to see the film i mean if you've seen the trailer you've seen little bits and pieces of it and it's it's really well done, and and I I like these kinds of films that build suspense and and you know fear out of very simple and everyday things. So like you know a pop up book. I mean, what's so scary about that? But when you see this, it, it does. In fact, she starts to read the book, and then she kind of closes it and says, oh, I think we, we should read something else," you know, because it, it's really quite frightening. But anyway, um, it, it's got this, but it also has this mother-child relationship, and she's kind of trying to raise this boy who seems to have some behavioral problems, but then the boy, you know, he loves his mother, he's trying to protect her from this creature that he's, he believes exists, and it's got those two things playing at each other, and I, I just thought it was really quite wonderful. I mean, a, a good good, scary movie, I mean... William Friedkin said it was the scariest film he's ever seen, which is a little bit to me a little odd because, like, have you watched your own film? <laughs> but anyway, it, it, it William is...
0: Friedkin of The Exorcist. Right, of The Exorcist, right.
2: Um, but but it, it's still it, it is eerie and it definitely was quite well done. And I like these kinds of classy films. I would definitely put this in a category like uh, the original Insidious and uh, The Ring and, and those kinds of films. So, yeah, I, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I um I certainly really really praise give give praise to this movie as well. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like quite as over the moon as you, but that that is, you know, that's splitting hairs because I still wildly would recommend this movie easily. It's such a it's such a a great piece of filmmaking and there's so many just great choices made to kind of like you said um, you know it go it has a lot of familiar tropes but it just it, it works well with them and knows how to kind of enhance the quality of certain things to make it just all the more effective for being its own film and it among the things that i really like is that the babadook the you know the mr babadook is a very it's a simple character creation design but i can already see it as being an iconic one you can already i can already picture you know lots of people dressing up as mr babadook for a halloween or whatever <laughs> Right, which that doesn't happen often. Like the last time I could really think, I mean, is
2: I want the pop-up book. Like I saw this film. And I'm like, does that book exist? And it, you know, apparently you, you said that it, it does. Yeah. You, know.
0: you, can, you can go to the Dukes website and they, they're taking orders now, which and they will arrive in the summer. Uh, Cause they have it, to produce a mass quantity of these books now. Cause everyone wants one. <laughs>
2: it, it's not cheap, but, but it yeah. is, it is a really, you know, it's, I, 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 I would like it.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, this movie. I mean, it, the, uh, the 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 mother son relationship. I found that so interesting, and I like that there's even if you didn't have like a Babadook or like this boogeyman character lurking in the background, you'd still have this like really tense movie about this mother mother son thing. Like, you'd be, like just like her trying to deal with him and the fact that they're both kind of in this this zone of grieving based on things that set up the movie. Like it's. There's so much just to mine there, and it'd probably just be a more frustrating experience because you're like, I, I just want them to be loved and happy with each other. <laughs> but right. It's such, right. yeah, yeah.
2: I, we should say, like, okay, so Noah Wiseman uh, plays Sam, who's the little boy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's great. And then Essie Davis plays Amelia, the mother. And I, 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 I have to admit, I've, I was unaware of Essie Davis. I, I didn't know who she was. She is extraordinary in this film. I mean, I mean, what did you think about her performance?
0: I think that she both gives a very complex emotional performance and a physical one. I think there's a lot of it's the kind of thing that you see a lot, generally a lot in horror, especially good horror movies, where ones, yeah. actresses and actors have to, they really have to put their all into movies like this, the, where you have to both be a very, be very game physically if you're gonna, you know, be going up and rolling downstairs or you know doing whatever kind of kind of stunt performances, even if you're not, you know. Doing the stunts themselves, but just kind of putting yourself in a physical space where you're you're visibly stressed out by the the activities you're participating in, as well as getting into this mindset that you have to really focus on in order to draw up these these emotions, these fears, these whatever you want to call it, to kind of get in that place that makes you again convincing on screen. And Essie SC Davis does both of those things, and it's just it's, it's it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, you I mean you really kind of feel her exasperation with her son because. He has these sort of, I mean, to be honest, I think he actually, the kind of behavioral problems he has isn't so far out of the realm of what a normal child might have. Um, but, he, you know, he's making these homemade weapons. He's bringing them to school. Um, he definitely, if if a child says something nasty to him, he's going to lash out at them, as we see in the film. So he's, he's definitely, he's not the perfect child. But, I mean, at the same time, I think some of his behavior is is kind of justified. He's lost his father and he's not you know, he's trying to deal with that as as well as the mother is trying to deal with that. And um I would put her performance, I mean, on the same level as great horror performances like Mia Farrow
1: Rosemary's in Rosemary's Baby. Baby yeah,
2: yeah. Or Ellen Burston in The Exorcist. I, I think she she commands that kind of attention as you're watching her performance. I, I thought she was quite good.
0: I completely agree. I do think she just kinda she fits that 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 kind of iconic bill of just great Horror movie heroines, not ones that are necessarily like, like Ripley or something like that. Which I mean, Sigourney Weaver's great in that movie, but I mean, it just in terms of kind of being an, an everyday person that has to right, right. deal she's with something. Right, she, She's of human. Life. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, as far you know, as being as far as being a horror movie goes, like the movie, it has a it has a strong soundtrack and it has some editing tricks and whatnot. But it's not a film that relies on jump scares. And when right. something like that occurs, it feels like it's earned. Like it yes. feels like there's there's a there's a proper build up to certain scenes. And even the handling of Mr. Babadook, there's some creative kind of stop motion stuff going on. Like the movie is it's it's made for a budget, it's on a budget. Very glad it was uh, kickstarted, I believe, actually for about like exactly like, yeah, like, about like thirty thousand. And regardless, what 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 that basically amounts to is this is Jennifer Kent, the director, editor, director, having to work with what she's got rather than work with untold amounts of money and that means being very creative with what you have and she succeeds like there it's a it's a scary movie based on its you know it's minimalism for a lot of yeah,
2: reasons i would even argue that i actually think sometimes movies are better for it that they don't have a huge budget and that they have to get by with you know quote unquote practical effects or they have to to do it in a more maybe not try to do something really grand just you know i mean Horror movies, they, they, and they use this a lot in, in horror movies throughout the ages. But you know, you'll see a person, and there's nobody behind them, and all of a sudden they look away, and they look back at the person. All of a sudden there's a shadowy figure behind them. That, if it's done correctly, that that can be really eerie. And and this film does that. Doesn't doesn't cost any money. It's just you know, it's just a tr- it's just a way of setting up a shot. But this movie, for example, does that really well. Insidious did that. You know, in a really kind of mm-hmm. freaky way. So I, I I appreciate that. I don't I don't necessarily need to see a lot of CGI and you know spectral ghosts going around the room if if you're able to. You know, I mean that's why I think the Paranormal Activity movies are so successful because they get by with so little. You know.
0: And like classic kind of scale, like regardless of the quality of those movies. And you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of that series. But regardless of the qualities of those movies individually, they work on very... Yeah, they work on limited budgets, but they work on kind of not easy scares, but things that generally scare people. Like, they're not stuff that's not... There's some cleverness involved in how they scare people, but they will rely on old-school tricks of, you know, moving doors around and moving certain things in certain right. frames. It's, yeah. But yeah, Babadook. Because um, we don't want to keep going. We have other things to talk about. But Babadook, fantastic horror movie. She seek it out now. I would... I mean, it is coming to... You can go to their website or their Facebook page. They have a list of like the, the theaters that they're coming to in the future. But even if you can't do that, um, seeing it at home on VOD, very easy to do. It's on like every possible channel, like Amazon, iTunes, PlayStation, Xbox. You can rent it pretty much any way possible. Uh, it's certainly a movie worth spending a little bit of money on to uh, check out if you're a horror fan for sure. And uh, Yeah, all right. Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to the main uh kind of segment of the show here. We're gonna talk about the the upcoming award, or I guess we're in award season. So award season. Um, I know there's a, there's a lot of movies that are out now and that are coming out and that have maybe been out earlier this year that we can get into, and um, I think we'll eventually get into kind of predictions and what we'd like to see that kind of thing. But for now, I I want to just kind of go over. Some more, some of the movies that we've seen fairly recently, and I want to start with Wild because I know both you and I have seen Wild, and that was basically <laughs> the lone release this week that's kind of worth talking about. Right. And um, so this is the uh, this is the story of Cheryl Strait. It's based on a true story. Uh, this is based on her memoir, uh, which was adapted by Nick Hornby of all people, which surprised me actually when I saw that credit. Nick Hornby of like About a Boy and uh, Love um, or um, was it High Fidelity, um, among other kind of books that have been turned into movies. Um and it stars uh, Reese Witherspoon and Cheryl Strait, she's a woman that's had a troubled past and decides to basically find herself by going on this thousand mile hike from the uh from the Pacific Crest Trail, which is goes from like the bottom of California all the way up to to uh to what Washington.
2: Uh I think it goes all the way up to Canada. Canada? Maybe yeah. can't Canada. But it's I think it stops there though.
0: Yeah. And um Yeah, so we see her going on this hike and along the way we get flashbacks to what went on in her life. Um, so with all that, Mark, what did you think of Wild?
2: Well, I liked Wild quite a bit. Um, I think one of the things that I sort of thought about as I was watching the film is it reminded me quite a bit of Into the Wild, um, which was the uh, the film about uh, Christopher McCandless. Similar that was with uh, Emil Hirsch. Yes. And it, it's definitely similar, although I think with Wild, it she, the character is a little bit more sympathetic. And, and there are some sort of subtle differences in the, the style of it. But it is about a, a woman who goes on a sort of quote unquote redemptive journey. Um, she's gone through some troubles in her life and then she's taken this uh, trip in order to kind of make sense. And I thought that um, I thought Reese Witherspoon was, was good in the part. I definitely think it's, it's one of the best things that she's done since Walk the Line. And it definitely, she's in every scene. She's also uh, has this relationship with Laura Dern, who plays her mother, and that's also very good. So there's some very nice um, performance work here uh, and characterizations. I I, uh, I do. Th- this is sort of my own. I mean, I, she's definitely one of the favorites. Uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon to be nominated for best actress. I think sh- her performance is definitely good. I do feel like it's kind of a bit like watching Reese witherspoon go on a backpacking trip um so i don't know how transformative her performance is i mean she doesn't seem too much different than reese witherspoon the actress as cheryl straight the author but it she goes on these different adventures and i thought it was enjoyable i i was definitely um captivated throughout the entire film and uh it's definitely uh something worth watching
0: yeah i i really like this movie a lot and i think reese witherspoon is very good, and I would say, I mean, as far as kind of the transformative qu- qualities of performance, I'd say that mostly comes with the flashbacks that you get to see, seeing her in the kind of different state that she's in before she becomes more level-headed as she goes on this hike. With that in mind, I mean, yeah, the hike stuff, it is her doing this, and it is her going on this kind of this this physical journey, and she, you know, has some some emotional moments and breakdowns and things that happened along the way. But what I, what I responded to in a movie like this, which comes as opposition to something like into the what are you a fan of into the wild mark
2: i you know it's funny i actually gave them each the same rating as far as stars but i think of the two i think i would probably give into the wild a little bit more i, I think i liked it a little bit more so i mean i guess the answer to your question is yes i i am a fan of it
0: see with that said i i don't like into the wild <laughs> i'm not a fan of okay movie. i don't think it's um i don't by i don't by any means hate it and i wouldn't even say it's like it's it's bad. I think it's. <clears throat> I think it's well made. I think Emil Hirsch does a fine job in it. Although letting Sean Penn have Emil Hirsch kind of run wild with looking into the camera every now and then—that always kind of bugged me. But my my issue with Into the Wild, and this comes from someone that I haven't read the book. I know a lot of people who read the book, um, and how it's been described to me—that sounds like a more interesting read than the movie was. But What I took, like, these movies about these kind of people that go on these kind of trips that are supposed to give them kind of a a place in life, an understanding of life and what it means to them, that kind of thing. Um, Into the Wild always, it felt kind of selfish. It felt like I'm I'm watching a guy who's not only going on this trip because of various choices, but he's also kind of throwing it in the face of everybody else where he's (laughs) saying how great he is because he's doing this.
2: Yeah, that's definitely an aspect of that film.
0: I don't I don't get that from Wild. I do feel no. like the the movies it's not only focused on Cheryl Strayed, but like the way her character functions as she's on this trip. She's not you know, she's not trying to tell anyone what they should do with their life. And as she encounters other people, for the most part, I mean, there's no real antagonist in this movie. It's just it's her fighting against her own you know demons or whatever you want to call it. And everyone she encounters is generally encouraging or you know looks up to her or wants to just give her advice and things like that. And I'm not saying that's how life needs to be or anything like that. But just watching this movie, I appreciate that. I like seeing just random character actors pop up now and again and just let her be on her way and see those interactions take place, as well as getting those flashbacks. I think Laura Dern is terrific here. She um, is. Just as she was in a, The Fault in Our Stars, movie that I think is okay. Um, but I think the acting is very strong in it. And it's, it's nice to see Laura Dern is apparently just very effective as kind of caring mother character.
2: <laughs> um, right. I, I, I like Laura Dern quite a bit. I mean, yeah. I've, I've liked her, I think, the first time I, re- I saw her, in a, I mean, way back, in the very beginning of her career, she was in a movie called Smooth Talk. Mm. She was really good in that. And then she was also in Mask with Cher. And the, both of those performances those were kind of early in her career. I thought right from the start that she was an actress to watch. And throughout her career, um, she's done a lot of good performances. She's only been nominated once in her whole you know uh, career for Ramblin' rose but um i definitely feel like her work is worthy of being nominated this time in in this uh, supporting category
0: it would be nice to see yeah and yeah she certainly like i know her from like blue velvet's this one that <laughs> i got to think of right? and obviously jurassic park but yeah she she does have i i li- i do like order in general and it would be nice to see her actually get kind of more acclaim with that in mind, yes, I, have her scenes with Reese with a Spoon and just Reese with a Spoon scenes kind of in the past when you see the kind of the damaged person she was, I think those are really effective. But also something I really like about this movie is the editing. I think, uh, what's his name? Mark, uh, Gene Mark Valley, I believe is the director's name, um, who, uh, previously directed, yeah, Gene Mark Valley. He directed, uh, Dallas Buyers Club last year. A movie I thought was fine, but I think the performances outshone the actual material. I think this movie, his directorial skills, are, are they're quite strong here. I mean they they work to kind of incorporate the the elements of Cheryl's straight story without like making it linear and you get like kind of as she's going on this hike he, he manages to show you parts of her life that come with what she it, it kind of explores what she's thinking at the time and takes you into flashbacks based on that. It's not about kind of presenting you with the, the lead-up to what led to this. You pretty much get that from the get-go. Like, if anything, the, the arc is fairly simple because it's like this woman was one way and now she's clearly this other way as she goes on this hike. But just seeing the backstory and how that blends into the reality, I, I really like that. I really liked how this film kind of came together in that manner.
2: Yeah, I definitely see a similarity between Dallas Buyers Club and Wilde. And I, I actually think both of them are quite good directorial efforts. I, this Jean-Marc Valley, uh, you know, he's—I mean, I don't know—I'm I I, aware of those two films. Uh, oh, I think he did the Young Victoria also. I mean, he's—he yeah—he's definitely done some good work here.
0: Mm-hmm. And with that, because we just we have so many other things we can get to, I um, want to use the Reese Witherspoon thread as kind of a segue into kind of talk about talk about the actresses of the year, kind of the best actress performances, and because um, I. Like we we can talk about this a little bit later, but there's a lot of there's a lot more male performances that sort of stand out this year. While the best actress race, there's no really like there's no real lead contender. Whereas best actor, you can probably narrow down to like Michael Keaton. Right oh, I, no. I
2: don't know. I I think there is one actress that is kind of in the forefront.
0: I know that's what I want to talk about now. But in terms of like actor, there seems like there's a there's a number of people that I can like offhand name that would that will likely pick up like lots of praise. Uh, this year, whereas the actress, yeah, there's a few that stand out, but it's not—it's not like there's a long list of them, I guess. Right. Um. So like, Reese because Reese Witherspoon obviously seems like a a a big contender for what could you know break right. down. And then you have, what do you what, what are you thinking Mark?
2: Well, okay, so I think the forefront in this category is going to be Julianne Moore for Still Alice, and I think for a few reasons. One, she's never she, one. She, well, no, no, let's 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 give her her due. Julianne Moore is a great actress. Yeah. So number one, let's just give her her talent. She is an extraordinary actress, and she's, she's playing a part in a film where the film itself I don't think is particularly great, but I think her performance kind of makes the film. She She's suffering from Alzheimer's and, and all that that kind of entails. Um, so, you know, there's that. But then what you just said, she's never won. I believe she's been nominated for four, four times, mm-hmm. and she hasn't been nominated for quite a – quite a long time. I think like, uh, she was nominated, what in, was it? 2002, uh, far from heaven and the hours she was nominated. The twice hours, as, I think it was like the last time she was in nominated. the same year. Yeah. So she, I think there's that as well. You know, people are kind of like, I can't believe she's never won and, and she's quite good. And, and let's, let's give her her due. So, yeah, I, I would say that she was probably at the forefront of, of the category. Do you want me to go through the uh, other people who I think?
0: Oh, uh, well, you know? I, I mean, I think Rosamund Pike is a, uh, right. Is one of the other ones that kind of clearly stands out from Gone Girl,
2: Felicity Jones.
0: Felicity Jones, and what the theory of everything, the,
2: the theory of everything, which
0: is kind of that hint, her and uh, Eddie, Eddie Eddie Redmayne from Theory of Everything, like both of them seem to kind of be lined up. like with actors, yeah, that and like uh, what Benedict Cumberbatch and
2: right. And then now there's this fifth spot, which I think is kind of, I mean, everything is up in the air, but I think this fifth spot could almost be you could make a case for a whole number of actresses. There are at least 10 actresses that could actually take this spot. So I do, I, what would who do you think would be the next most likely one?
0: Um, I don't know what the reaction to like into the woods is going to be. Cause I but cause I don't, okay. I don't see, and I've, I've seen into the woods. I, I, so, so that see, would be Emily Blunt. I guess it would be Emily. Blunt. yeah, I, I, as far as the lead goes, but I like seeing that movie. It's like, it seems like if, if she was nominated as much as I like Emily Blunt, it just seems like they'd be discounting so many other people that have given more leading and transformative performances.
2: Right. I I want to like support friend of the show Scott Mendelson. One of his picks in this category is Shailene Woodley for *The Fault in Our Stars*. Mm-hmm. I would not be against that choice. I think she did extraordinary work. I like the way that you know it was a summer film. It wasn't positioned to be an awards contender, but yet her work was so good. That maybe she could actually make the top five. So I think that would I would be very positive about that uh, pick if that if that happened.
0: I would agree. I um, as much as I, th- I th- again I think the movie's okay, but I do think the acting is what makes that what right, right. the forward, especially from the leads from having right, her. Right. We're any, just
2: we're, yeah. we're basically talking about the performance, not necessarily the, we're
0: the not film talking itself. Best
2: Picture yeah. winner, right? Exactly,
0: yeah. and. So yeah, uh, going further on this topic, I think the Homesman. I think Hillary Swank. Another movie I think is okay, but I think Hillary right. Swank is very good in it. And being a two-time Academy Award winner, you know, you, you, kind, of, you kind of expect to get a good performance out of Hillary Swank. Which...
2: I, I would also like to put forth. Uh, okay, let me see if I can get her name correctly. Gugu Mbatha Raw for yeah, ba- Bell. For Bell, mm-hmm. I, 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 would be a little bit of a surprise, I think, at this at this juncture if she made the top five. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the next month, but uh, I would love to see her. She is extraordinary actress. Um, she was also in Beyond the Lights, which is not a film that would she would get nominated for probably, but but she also did good work in that. Um, and and I think she's somebody that deserves to be recognized for Bell.
0: I think. Um... Jessica Chastain in the most violent year. I think she's very strong in that movie, and people seem to like Jessica Chastain. I certainly do. She she uh, was
2: in everything this year. <laughs>
0: she, 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 yeah, she she came back. <laughs>
2: right. She took a break, and then she was like, she did like three or four movies.
0: She was she was busy last year filming everything for this year, so <laughs> she's here. <Right>. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the thing. What other so what other actresses are you thinking? I was trying to think of more. Well.
2: So I haven't seen this, but there's uh, big eyes. It's Tim oh yeah, Amy Martin's
0: Adams and big eyes. With
2: I... Amy Adams, right? So that's a possibility. There's also some talk. I and I really this is more recently than than um, before, but uh, Jennifer Aniston for cake. I have, yeah,
0: I, I keep seeing that come up. I'll be yeah. curious.
2: So there's uh, Marion Cotillard for two days, one night. That's also yeah a possibility. Uh, now this is not going to happen, but if I. If it was up to me, like if I ran the academy, mm-hmm. I would uh pick uh, Scarlett Johansson for Under the Skin. I know that's not going to happen. I love that film. I think her performance in that was it was almost all physical, not verbal, but it was just a hypnotic, you know, the whole movie is actually kind of what I'm honoring, but her performance is a big part of that. So
0: that's, I, I mean, that, I think that's a great pick. I I, I, I
2: I know it has no chance at all. You know, I, I will, I will concede that. But I, I just, I like to mention her, give her her the, the, because I thought that was kind of an extraordinary film.
0: It is a really strong pick, and like it's, yeah. And as far as like, like I would say the same like about Tilda Swinton. And Only lovers left alive. You know, I love that movie right. quite a bit, and we haven't talked about like supporting actresses, but I, I mean, Tilda Swinton, she's been, a, she's been around this year. Like she she a,
2: always, I mean, does she ever give a bad performance? No. I, I, no, I think yeah. not, yeah.
0: It was at the point where, like, my favorite movies of the year, like, all had her, except the Lego movie, so I was like, let's, right. just, say, let's just say she's in the Lego movie. <laughs> she was movie. in that, too. And then I can just <laughs> say she's been in every one of my She could have movies. so easily <laughs>
2: done a voice for that, too. Yeah.
0: No one's saying she hasn't. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she was.
2: <laughs> she, <laughs> right.
0: she, she went boom at one point. Um, <laughs> exactly. But um, as, keeping on actresses, I mean, we can go into supporting actresses as well, and I think I don't, I don't think either you or I would disagree that Patricia Arquette certainly kind of high up there as far as right. who, could, who could win for Boyhood, uh, or at least she she'd certainly she, be nominated.
2: Yeah, I mean, she is both the favorite in this category, and honestly, I think I would probably say she would be the one that I would most like to see win the award. Yeah, but um,
0: we, uh, we both like Tilda Swinton again and Snowpiercer. <laughs> right, right,
2: right. Uh, but, I, I, you know, uh, Patric- first of all, Boyhood is – is definitely one of the main contenders this year in terms of best picture. And, you know, I mean, I don't even think that boyhood is necessarily going to get the most nominations this year, but I think if it's going to get any nominations, one of them has to be Patricia Arquette, because I think her work in that film was you know, was wonderful.
0: It's a good point. You know, I, I, I'm i trying to think of like what nominations Boyhood would get. It'd be like if, like, in this ideal world where Boyhood got awarded with or rewarded with nominations for all the things that I, you know, could see it happening for, it'd be put picture, director, writing, the uh, supporting actress, and like maybe, maybe editing, but like, I mean, it's
2: well and possibly supporting actor for Ethan Hawke. For Ethan I mean, Hawke, we'll, yeah. we'll get, we'll get to that, but yeah, that's that's a possibility.
0: Like, a, with it like editing it seems like there's so many there's so many movies this year that just have like something like Whiplash or Birdman like the right. the editing is so like Obviously, yes. Most editing and editing, are different things, and Birdman is not really doesn't fall into the most editing category. But uh, right, and it's not it's there. not
2: one of these films like Gravity where you can just tick it off on every single technical award. It's yeah, it's, exactly. just, it's just not that kind of film.
0: That's what I'm getting to. Yeah, that's why you can't. It's hard to see Boyhood as you know racking in eleven nominations as opposed to like four really good ones. so right. it's, Yeah.
2: And then okay, so uh, best supporting actress. You also you mentioned Laura Dern for Wild. I think mm-hmm. that's definitely she's definitely a contender in this. Um, and then Birdman, we might mention Emma Stone.
0: I would agree actually, I'd really like that. I'd really like that to be a nomination. I think Emma Stone is fantastic in that movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I loved Birdman a lot. I, I probably found her performance to be fine. I don't know if, if I'm quite as uh, captivated by, by the, the part as, as some people have been, but I, I will admit that I think she's definitely uh, a, a very strong contender in this category.
0: You also look at, uh, like, if, you know, if, I, uh, like, Interstellar, I mean, it's, it's fitting into that, like, it's making, uh, it's making a lot of money. <laughs> That's one thing. But it also, right. it is, it does fit into this kind of, this blend of blockbuster and prestige film just based on the fact that it is Christopher Nolan directing it and it has, you know, Jessica Chastain and Matthew McConaughey. And I think with that, it could lead to Jessica Chastain or even a Hathaway if the Academy's going for it, like, yeah. possibly picking up a
2: nomination. I mean, they're, And that's a possibility for sure it their parts are so small and i i I would not my personal feeling i would not pick either one of those not and i mean i might give it to jessica chastain for a most violent year but but in this case i i i don't think i would pick her for this i i I think there are other categories or other actresses that i think would be more deserving of it
0: i would agree i just more of i wouldn't be surprised if if the if like Interstellar picked up a lot of nomination just because it exists basically, and I'm one that really likes Interstellar, I know you're more mixed on. You like it, you didn't love it, but right,
2: right, and and, and actually, we'll, I have some something to say about that when we get to the Best Picture category. Mm-hmm. But uh, another actress that I think could make this category would be Keira Knightley for The, the Imitation, imitation game. game. Yeah, again, she's only been nominated once in her entire career. It was for Pride, Pride Prejudice, and Prejudice. Yeah. I. I, and I know people have mixed feelings about Kira Knightley. She's like one of these people like Anne Hathaway, but I love Kira Knightley. So I would be very happy to see her get a nomination in this category. So if, if that were to happen and it does seem like there is a fair amount of, the imitation game does seem to be actually one of these films that looks to garner quite a few nominations this season. And I think she could be one of them.
0: I like Kira Knightley quite a bit too. Uh, just to add to that as far as other, Kind of actress nominations i'm trying to
2: well there okay so there's meryl streep for yeah i words. was gonna
0: yeah but meryl streep for of the woods where it seems
2: I yeah i gained i know it's, it's meryl like, streep and it's, it's meryl streep and she sings and which is saying, always yeah
0: the problem i have with a lot of these meryl <laughs> streep nominations these days is that it seems like she's just nominated for most acting in the category while everyone else is you know doing something trying something different um
1: yeah I,
0: yeah. I
2: mean, you know, I, I, I agree with what, exactly what you're saying. I, I think that she's an extraordinary actress, one of the greatest actresses that has ever lived, but I don't know. I, I start to feel like, okay, let's, you know, she actually won best actress, you know, not too long ago. So, you let's, know, it, let's put her on ice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I, and I will concede, I will admit I have not seen into the woods yet, so I can't, you know, really speak to her performance here, but, uh, you know, she's she's definitely someone who's has been honored quite a bit.
0: I mean honestly I'd go I'd go for Anna Kendrick and not just because I write really right. Anna Kendrick, but I mean if as far yeah. as supporting actors in that movie goes, that would be who I'd lean towards if that needed to be nominated for anything.
2: Right. Um, and then just two actresses who uh, are not likely to get a nomination, but I think would be worthy of it. it, has to do with Gone Girl. I thought Gone Girl had quite a few female performances. We we mentioned Roseman Pike, but in the supporting category I thought Carrie Kuhn was outstanding. And um, in, in, she's probably a little bit more likely than Kim Dickens, who is also a, a performance in Gone Girl that I thought was quite good.
0: Yeah, Kim Dickens, as I, I think I talked about on our podcast, our, our review of Gone Girl, she's basically like she's like Jodie Foster's character. If Jodie Foster was a, a smaller supporting role in Silence of the Lambs, like her right. as this kind of detective that's trying to figure out this case like it's it's she's very strong and she's very um capable in the role of what's required of her it's just yeah it's a it's a smaller performance that will most likely be overlooked but it's but it's a very strong one
2: right and then it just bears repeating but tilda swinton's first snowpiercer would be i would love that oh you know also i thought renee rousseau in nightcrawler was really good too
0: we can go into that a little bit let's go into nightcrawler um nightcrawler movie that both you and i loved um <laughs> Uh, that's another one. Yes, Renee Russo. I I I do think that she's very strong in that movie. Jake Gyllenhaal's obviously the force in that movie to be reckoned with, but Russo, you know, she certainly she, she's no slouch. <laughs> she's not new. She she certainly puts up a a strong fight in this movie.
2: And she hasn't been acting in movies for a long time. Yeah, it know. helps it helps
0: when your husband directs the movie. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. He
2: gave her a very good part mm-hmm. and and she rose to the occasion.
0: And like with that, what do you what what do you think about Nightcrawler and its kind of awards potential?
2: Right. So as I mean, I love Nightcrawler, and, and you know, for up to me, I I'd, I'd give it a lot of awards. But uh, I I think that if I think there's a possibility that it could there's a, it's there's some buzz surrounding Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, and I think in the best best actor category, I think there is a possibility that he could sneak in there. He's not a favorite, but I think the work that he does in this film is extraordinary. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, the last several years, he's really done, he's put in some really great work. Um, Completely agree. Yeah. And, and, and this, uh, Nightcrawler is no exception. Um, you know, again, he's only been nominated once in his whole career and, and not even necessarily for the best performance that he's ever given. So, I, I would love to see him nominate Is that a here.
0: supporting in Brokeback Mountain? Is that... Supporting in Brokeback yeah.
2: Mountain, and and he was he was solid, but I I would I would most I would easily say that his work in Nightcrawler far exceeds what he did in Brokeback Mountain.
0: Which I think comes with him just growing as an actor, but just yeah, and the performance he's given, like the, the the character he's given in this movie, let alone Enemy or Prisoners. Oh yeah, Enemy. Or, yeah. I mean, there's there's. Enemy from this year also, like which I, I nearly forgot about. I was like, Oh yeah, that happened because I'm like forming my preliminary top ten list and going through the large amount of movies that I have to narrow down to just ten. Right. Uh, like, he go, go he was
2: gr- he was great in end of watch too. End of a com- watch a com- couple of years ago. Prisoners. I mean, prisoners.
0: Yeah, I, mean I, I
2: I look at his filmography from
0: like Source now, code and yeah, he's 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 consistently very good in movies. Brothers is one that I really like him and Toby Maguire in quite a bit. But yeah, Nightcraw. Night, so yeah, Nightcrawler, along with aside from actor, which I would hope okay. to see, I would love to see that. I think I th- I, the cinematography is really strong in that movie. I think that from a technical standpoint, it's not a big effects movie. But like in terms of like looking at that movie and like James Newton Howard's score for that movie, there's just great elements there.
2: Yeah. I mean, do you think that those categories are it's p- likely for it to score a nomination?
0: I think cinematography has a chance. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's a chance there just given – I mean, it's, it, it's, it's Deakins. I mean, it's um,
2: – Right. I, yeah. I would love that. I mean, I mean, I love the film. So I'm a little biased. I almost just want to see it represented somewhere.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the case. But I, I do think that given... I mean, it's not like the movie... It's not like we're the lone praisers of this movie. So, I mean, it, I think there's a, a good... Sorry, it's Robert... Robert Ellswood did the cinematography, not Deacons. Um, the R's get me sometimes. Uh, But, I mean, it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility that this movie could, you know, receive a substantial number of nominations that, you know, fit for a movie like this. It's certainly... I think it's more of an outside chance of winning any of these things, but in terms of being being properly represented, I wouldn't be surprised by it. Right. Speaking of which, um,
2: you want to go? Oh, I was gonna say we could go over more of the, uh, the best actor possibilities. We
0: we can. Let's get. We can get. The, we can get into that through Whiplash. I think Whiplash is okay. another one like Nightcrawler where it's gotten plenty of praise. And while Nightcrawler, at least at least Nightcrawler had you know. A, a fairly wide theater expansion, so it made a, a good amount of money for the type of movie that it is, especially being such a dark film. Um, Whiplash, while, you know, receiving, you know, the Sundance Awards and heavy praise leading into its release, it hasn't done amazing in terms of, like, its box office. Obviously, it's a limited release, so it doesn't have nearly the chance of something like Interstellar does to, you know, make hundreds of millions of dollars, nor do I would I, you know, expect to see Whiplash making $100 million, but at the same time, it's not doing nearly as strong as some may have hoped, but with that in mind, that's another one that's obviously a big awards contender just because of you know the massive praise it's received, deservingly so. I think we both would agree and oh, yeah. with that, I think we can get into kind of the actor it's a you know it's certainly a guy's movie <laughs> um, and uh, we can kind of get into who we think are you know big academy ac- and just awards contenders in general in regarding that movie was so a whiplash. obviously j k. Simmons is one of the big frontrunners for best supporting actor.
2: Yeah, I I would say at this point, it is J.K. Simmons' award to lose. He's definitely the front-runner in this category, much in the same way that Patricia Arquette is the front-runner in the supporting actress category. And he's he's phenomenal in the film. I mean, I've admired his work ever since he was in the TV show Oz. So, I mean, he is this i mean and that doesn't also take away from miles teller's work because it's basically a, a a two the two actors working together but i thought jk simmons really added so much to this film
0: completely agree and i've nothing more to add to the jk simmons role i mean he's 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 tremendous uh, miles teller that's a trickier one like um if we had to talk about best actors I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that Miles Teller is going to make it in unless there's a lot of love given Whiplash's way and it just kind of falls into the fold. At the same time, he is very strong in this
2: movie.
0: He is. So I mean, it's it. It'd be great to see it. That'd be that'd be something. I that'd be a great surprise. That's for sure. I'd be, it would be. I'd, yeah. I'd be taken aback by something like that. Um. But with, with that said, Whiplash in general, I mean, that's one. That's one where like a, another kind of technical category where you like things like editing and the cinematography, just the look of that movie and the way it comes together. There's a lot of potential there, but yeah. As far as moving on from Whiplash into other actors, um, what about? Let's go to supporting actors first, I guess. What what kind of? I think Edward Norton seems like another kind of big game uh, contender here.
2: So yeah, I mean, right now, if if there's anyone that could unseat J.K. Simmons in that. Uh, in the award, it would be Edward Norton for Birdman.
0: And probably for he, a lot of the same reasons that Julianne Moore um, could you know, win it for Still Alice, where he's an actor that's respected and consistently gives good performances, and maybe he's, he's only been nominated a, a few times, and not... Has he been nominated since American History X, actually, I'm trying to think.
2: I don't think I'm he has. I'm not aware that he has been. I, so Edward Norton is kind of an interesting... And, that, and that's what actually makes Birdman such an extraordinary film, is that it's so like real life. And the character that Edward Norton plays in this film—he's a bit of a of a nut—I uh, think, you know, somewhat plays into his real persona. So there's a little bit of—he's not there's not as much sympathy to give Edward Norton a, an award as there might be for Julianne Moore. Nevertheless, his work in this film is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I think he he definitely um, contributes. Amazing work in the film. I, I mean, I've again, I've loved Edward Norton since I think Primal Fear is the first time that I kind of like noticed him. Yeah. And and uh, and then you mentioned American History X, and there's Fight Club, and The Illusionist, and um, I mean, so many films that he's done. Uh, the Painted Veil. He, he's he's a great great actor, and I would love to see it. I, I think um, if I had to pick, I would probably say J.K. Simmons' work. In Whiplash is stronger. i but, agree. Yeah, but but I, I I would not be against seeing um Edward Norton win this award if if it had a little bit to do with his you know career.
0: Yeah, there's a there's certain there's a meta ness to Edward's, Edward Edward Norton's performance that that kind of I don't know if that you know helps things work in the favor of Academy members or Oscar event or you know awards you know things in general.
2: Oh, I think it uh, helps. I think for sure it helps.
0: Okay. But with that in mind, yes. I mean having. Ha- having him play, you know, that kind of role where he is, he's hinting at, he's, he's hitting at um, things that people know, or, you know, that people believe about him in real life um, is interesting. And yeah, there's not, Julianne Moore not in that kind of, that same realm where she's just she's playing a character uh, right. Edward Gordon's playing a character that kind of reflects his own life but i think he's also it's not like he's blind to the reputation that he may have so i i, I do it's i'm not it's not like he's oblivious to the idea that he similar to probably michael keaton not being oblivious to the fact that he's playing right. an actor that's well
2: and that's a big part of why i think michael keaton is such a uh, favorite in this film I mean aside from I mean for best actor mm-hmm. is aside from the fact that uh, he does great work it, there's a lot of his own life you know in there
0: for sure and it's it's the kind of thing where And I keep going to Oscars on this, but that is the kind of the the end all of all this awards talk. But I mean, Oscar, they they do like the kind of story that comes with a lot of these awards, which is why something like Argo could win Best Picture, because it's not just about how great the movie is, and Argo is a very good movie. Right. But it's about this kind of journey that director Ben Affleck went on of being an actor that was in Hollywood and then, you know, kind of went on the outs and was able to come back and rise up and do something in a whole new way and show people what he was capable of. And I think Birdman. I wouldn't say Michael Keaton's been on a a journey as drastic. I do think he's, while not following the Batman films, it's been less and less movies that he was able to truly lead and you know be as big of a presence up to this day. But people certainly like Michael Keaton, and seeing him kind of come back from being once you know a major Hollywood player and you know being in this you know this uh this quirky, self-reflective performance, there's a story there, and you can see how that could lead to yeah. him getting an Oscar. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Um, with that, other actors that we we taught I mean there's plenty of that I mean we talked about Jake Gyllenhaal already. Um, there's well, uh, uh there's there's Oscar Isaac in a uh, most violent. I, I keep talking about most violent here because I recently saw it and I do think the acting is very strong in that movie, which is why uh-huh. I would be happy to see things happen for people in it. Yeah, uh,
2: Well, Eddie Redmayne for the Eddie, theory of everything. There you go. I mean, I loved. I love this film, and I think one of the things that I like about it is, yes, it's it's it is a story about a guy that is afflicted by a disease, and those kinds of stories traditionally do well at the Oscars. But what Eddie Redmayne does in this film, he be I he becomes uh, this guy. I mean, he he is Stephen Hawking, and it's not it doesn't seem like an imitation. And I I compared it to Uh, Ben Kingsley in Gandhi it's just like you don't even question the performance it's just he is that guy and it's you know yes he is playing a guy that's afflicted with a disease but that's not easy to do and the way he contorts his body and and inhabits this role is very sincere and honest it's it does not feel like uh, it doesn't feel like an imitation and it it could it could have felt that way but to me it doesn't um you know we we mentioned uh felicity jones for the role and she's fine you know i mean she's fine but eddie redmayne is extraordinary in this film i mean he 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 needs to be nominated uh i i thought he was very good and definitely a very strong contender in fact the way these kinds of things play out michael keaton is definitely the front runner but you know who knows in a month maybe eddie redmayne might be the front runner it's i could see that happening
0: well speaking of imitation i did see the imitation game this past week and uh Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch um, is very good. Yeah. Um, he and he, I haven't seen Theory of Everything yet to kind of compare, but similarly, he is. Pl- he's not playing a guy with an affliction technically, but he, he's playing this kind of this character, a very com- Cumberbatchian character, which where like Sherlock, there's kind of a bullheadedness to the way he approaches things, mixed with his na- his you know seemingly natural charisma and you know intelligence. Imitation Game. It's fair. It's somewhat similar. It's just less brash. It's less. um, Well, they're both British. They're they're both British, but they and they both have this kind of this awkwardness around other people, where they want to get something done their way, and they they don't know how to be kind of hospitable to the feelings of others. But regardless, and then obviously there's the kind of the turns it takes involving his sexuality and things like that. And Benedict Cumberbatch, he embodies his character quite well. Like I really enjoyed this performance. Um, and it. It, yes, it does fit into the kind of even even that he's British, the traditional white guy role where you know overcomes this kind of this kind of thing yeah. and um, get, gets the credit he deserves at the end. And it's a it's a modern role like something like um, what's it um, King Speech, um, Colin Firth. Uh, you, you can kind of see where that comes comes into play there. But I I do think he he, is another, he fits into another. One of these strong contenders for this kind of award. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch. He's obviously done these. Yeah.
2: How would you compare the Imitation Game to the King's Speech? Because obviously, the King's Speech did really well at the Academy Awards.
0: It's a perfect question because I do think they're very similar. I think that the kind of and this is just my opinion, but this is they're the kind of movies where you can see where the praise comes from and they're you know they're they're both very, they're both much more entertaining than one would maybe expect them to be going in because I do think both those movies aren't just simply dramas they're very entertaining and and fairly humorous throughout a lot of their runtimes but they're also movies that I really would only see once like I'm not i, I okay. like maybe you know years from now, I might see the imitation game again and years from like it's been years since the King's speech I've only seen that movie once, but I was happy to see it the first time, and like if it came on, I'd be like I could watch this for a while. But they're not movies that I'd be, like, seeking out to, to watch multiple times. Now, with Benedict Cumberbatch, he's such a presence in the eyes of the public, especially, you know, with the ladies, that people might just love that fandom enough to be like, I'm going to keep watching The Imitation Game over and over again because I've seen Sherlock too many times. But with that said, I can see where a praise for a movie like Imitation Game comes from. It's just, I like, as far as the kind of annals of history go, I don't see that as a movie where it's like, this is the one that we really needed to hold up and you know praise for its time similar to my thoughts on the king speech which again i think is a very good movie but i think other movie, i mean the show, it was up against the social network that year that's a movie where i want to keep watching the social network i haven't had the desire to keep watching the King's speech
2: right right and i i remember that year the social network was kind of i i believe the front runner for a good part of the year mm-hmm. and then sort of near the end the King's speech kind of overtook it and ultimately you know it won and i think it sort of, it sort of highlights sort of your sort of point of view about what kind of best pictures you like. The, the King's Speech is one type, and The Social Network is another, and they're both good films, but they sort of represent different, I don't know, filmmaking techniques and and like how you want to tell a story. So, I mean, The Social Network is a little bit more, I don't know, it's a little bit more out of the box, and I think uh, the King's Speech is a little bit more traditional and 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 classic.
0: It's it's the kind of movie you'd – like, if you had to draw offhand, like, movies that you think won Best Picture and you're going off the kind of old pattern of Hollywood and the Oscars and whatnot, you'd probably be able to pick out King's Feature from (laughs) a lineup.
2: Right, and I I do think The Imitation Game is – actually, I I have three films that I think are complete locks for a Best Picture nomination, and and The Imitation Game is one of them.
0: Yeah. Moving on to other kind of actors in here, we have – well, I I mean, we have some other ones that are kind of – I don't know if they're out of the realm of possibility, but certainly ones that I think fit something like the Grand Pouda best Hotel, which this is a tricky film to evaluate altogether because it came out back in March. Right. And although I know both Mark and I, we both really, and Abe for that matter, we both really love Grand Budapest Hotel along with many others. Ray finds he's terrific in this movie. Yes, <laughs> and, yes, uh, I agree. And it's you know, and it's not just that, like it's. It's a comedic performance. It actually it has layers of. It's a layered performance, but I mean, you you basically put it into the kind of comedy category if you had to. Um, But it is a very strong one, and that's one where I'd love to see that. I'd love to. I mean, I'd love to see more nominations for that movie in general to happen. But
2: yeah, definitely not a film that's expected to get a lot of nominations, if, if any, it
0: seems like, it seems like screenplay is, is a very good, but it has good potential because you
2: have, you have adapted and you have original. So that's good. Yeah. So you, you've got that, that possibility. Um, But yeah, it would be nice to see him uh, if, if it could happen. Another guy that we we haven't mentioned, uh, and we haven't really talked about this film very much, but is Selma, and it would be David Oyelowo for for his performance in that as Martin Luther King.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Selma's Selma's starting to fit as the, and I'm seeing Selma very soon actually. And I'm Selma. I mean, I've been looking forward to Selma since I heard it was announced. I'm very excited. It's the only like I've I said I've already been kind of forming. The early stages of my top ten list. It's the only movie that I feel like is going to crack into the top ten when I see it. Like it has but that. It has the possibility. That has yeah. the possibility of doing. It. Like at this point, I have I know what at least five of these movies are going to be. If there's any well, movie that anything's going to could like just jump into there, Selma has that possibility.
2: Yeah, but, uh, I, I yeah. would say. So we're recording this on a Sunday. Over the past week, Selma has all of a sudden kind of rocketed to the top mm-hmm. as a possibility. For picture, you know, and a lot of other awards. So David Oyelowo would definitely be somebody who could possibly be swept up in that. Um, and uh, you know, he, he's been in a few movies this year too. So I mean, he, he's definitely he's done some solid work throughout his career.
1: For
0: sure, I'm a, I'm a fan of the actor, and I'm, again, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of just the idea of this movie. And given what I've heard about it, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be let like if 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 I give it just a four out of five, that's still very good. So it's like it's not it, it doesn't seem like it's Right, but it's hard. It's hard to talk about this movie more just because neither of us have seen it yet, or everything else. At least one of us has seen these movies so far. But with that right, said, right. yes, Selma does seem like one that certainly has the potential to pop into this into into a lot of these categories, and uh, we'll get back to that because I want to talk about best picture stuff soon. But um, as far, far as actors go, yeah, we talked about Ray fines There's um Steve Carell from Steve, Fox Steve Carell and Foxcatcher. Yeah, Foxcatcher. Yeah, Foxcatcher. There we go. We haven't talked about Foxcatcher at all, and that's no. a movie where I know you love the movie. I think it's okay. Um, well, but... you know,
2: it's it's a hard movie to like. I think it's very dark, and it's it's about a, a character that's really kind of hard to understand. And I, you know, I mean, Steve Carell's performance in this is it's, it's definitely aided a little bit by prosthetics. He looks completely different than he normally looks. Uh, but I do think that the way that he inhabits the role, I think is is is, is good. So. I, I wouldn't say he's not my favorite male performance of the year, but I think he is definitely worthy of discussion. So I think there's a very good chance that Steve Carell could uh, crack the top five, uh, possibly.
0: I yeah, I completely agree. Um, as much as a, as much as like you know, the movie's like yeah, all right, but like the acting is very strong. And I would say Mark Ruffalo probably has a good chance of best supporting actor. Right. Uh, by the way, I do, I do think he's. I, I kind of like. I actually, him. Of the 40, I actually I liked like his. Him.
2: Yeah, I actually liked his work better because I think it was less. I, I think it it just seemed a little bit more. I don't know, less less of a performance and just it's, more of a just yeah. natural. Well,
0: I th- well, what I think works about it is that Mark Mark Ruffalo. He's a very charismatic person. He has this kind of laid back appeal that honestly works for pretty much everybody. And what he does in this movie is dial that back somehow. <laughs> and, and that's that's not. I don't. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think it's easy to dial back someone's own charisma, but he's able to kind of do it to make this role work. And I like that. I like he, he seems so natural in it. And yeah, it's a less showy performance than something like Steve Carell's, which is good at the same time. It's it's prosthetics on top of what I basically saw him do on The Office in the first couple seasons, where it has this very awkward nature to it. I'm not it's, discounting the performance. A, kind of that.
2: I will admit, I love the film, but it, it, his performance is a bit affected. It's It's not the most... Like natural performance.
0: Yeah, you're not, it's not one that seeks out kind of nuance. It's one that points in a very specific direction of kind of awkwardness and elements that make you that they kind of turn you the wrong way based on what this guy is doing. And I do think it, I I think it, it very much works when he's, you know, I mean, it's a good performance in general when he's with Channing Tatum, especially, I do think it really kind of shows and Channing Tatum also very good in this movie. He is So
2: good. He's, and he's somebody who I think has not been discussed very much in the awards, but uh, I thought he was really extraordinary in this film. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was, he was wonderful.
0: And it's another one that kind of fits with like that Edward Norton, michael keaton thing where i feel like the it's not as if he's doing much different it's just more of a couple degrees another direction where channing tatum he's played kind of jockish guy in the past but this movie is just more of it's turning it it's the same way of like punch drunk love with adam sandler where adam sandler he's not playing the it's not like he's not playing a man child in that movie because he is it's just it's turned it a couple degrees to another way so it suddenly becomes a dramatic performance and channing tatum I don't know how weird that comparison might be but I think it fits. It Channing Tatum, he's playing a role that he's maybe delved into somewhat, but this time it's 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 it's, it's, hit, it's hit in a way that that's dramatic and that feels this this other void of like what to see from this kind of personality. And, yeah, I mean a,
2: yeah. a lot of his performance has a lot to do with the the direction and the way that the, the things have been set up. And I mean he has this the scene where he's like making dinner for himself in his apartment and it seems very kind of sad and he's by himself and Mm -hmm. it's 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 a little bit against type because this is not the kind of person that we sort of uh you know expect channing tatum to be and but and a lot of that has to do with the direction and the way that the scene is set up but but he does he does great work so i i would definitely agree with that
0: even in scenes where like he's not i mean he's not talking in those scenes that you're talking about but even scenes where he's kind of being dragged around Like, Carell's character wearing, like, his Olympic medal and just being shown off like a pony. It's like, there's some, like, you can see in his face just what he's doing. It's really impressive. Or
2: his scenes with Mark Ruffalo where they kind of spar against each other and they're wrestling and he's teaching, uh, Mark Ruffalo is teaching Channing Tatum, like, how to wrestle and and the way that they go at it. Uh, There's some really good work there. And I mean, and I would give it to both of them. So, I mean, Mark Ruffalo again and then also Channing Tatum's work
0: as far as other actors go. Um, we have, uh, there's Joaquin Phoenix and in Inherent Vice. I think there's a, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, he, t- people seem to like him. I mean, he's the, yeah, like, awards people seem to like him, so I wouldn't. He, they, think, they do
2: like him, but he's also one of these people that kind of shuns the awards. You exactly, know, li- which yeah. Is,
0: it's this kind of give and take where somehow it still works his way. <laughs>
2: but, right. He got he got nominated for the the master, but I don't think anybody really expected him to win. Not because he wasn't good, just because he he's so like I don't want the award, and I'm just like this is not I'm not this is not something who. That, or this is not something I care about.
0: But there's also, I think there's also just a love for Paul Thomas Anderson in general because you have The Master and There Will Be Blood and Now Inherent Vice. I, I'll hold back from talking about my thoughts on the film, but I do think yeah. there's got uh, this kind of love for PTA so far that could lead, could could work in its favor.
2: So I have to say, I, so I have not seen Inherent Vice yet, but I heard someone make the quote that Inherent Vice makes The Master look like The King's Speech, and What's funny about that is that the master was not sort of your traditional Academy Award-winning film. Um, it was it was odd. So I think the idea is that the inherent inherent vice is, is is a bit odd. I don't know. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes, I would. And I I, I mean, there's a I read an article on uh, at slashfilm.com. It's like nine films to watch to prepare for inherent vice and. There are some key picks in there that make a lot of sense. Most of them are all noir, neo-noir, which is The Big Sleep, The Big Lebowski, and The Long Goodbye, Robert Allman's film. And they all make perfect sense because they all have very nonsensical plotting at play, where it's more about watching how these actors interact in this world that has some kind of mystery, but you don't really have to worry about it. And Inherent Vice is a movie where there's a plot there, but it really doesn't matter. It's more about being in this Paul Thomas Anderson world that he adapted from a book, and just watching Joaquin Phoenix interact with all these various characters. And in terms of like that movie, the acting in that one, uh, Josh Brolin is the one that kind of stands out as the one that I could see getting something. Just nomination. Yeah, just because he has the most showy performance and it's
2: it's well, hilarious. That, but. That's nice to hear because lately he hasn't really been given or... Had parts that you would want to nominate.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like yeah, Josh Rowland, Who like there was that point where he was doing like Milk and No Country for Old Men, where he was like oh, on, just on fire he, with he tremendous in the top. roles. Yeah, and I wouldn't say he's gone down because people, you know, it's when people know the name Josh Rowland, that's a good place to be in. But at the same time, yes, he's done roles since then where they don't quite fit the this guy needs to win an award type thing <laughs> he's
2: not going to get nominated for old boy let's just put it that way yeah <laughs>
0: or a sin city a name to kill for. um yes yeah, so that's it's inherent i know you've seen, so, America, you've seen american sniper i know that i did
2: yeah so bradley cooper is a good a good person to mention uh and his work in american sniper is very good it's one of these uh parts where he he i believe he put on like 30 pounds um to play the part 30 pounds essentially muscle although he's kind of he's just he just seems like a larger like stockier just, just a stockier guy yeah so there is that to the performance his work is very good in it i think the film is good i don't think it's the kind of film that's going to get a lot of nominations so i i think that maybe bradley, P, bradley cooper will suffer because of that because it's just I don't think it's in. I don't think it's up for a best picture nomination or director or some of these other awards. So his work is good. I I, I just don't think it's quite, uh, you know, as good as some of the other people that are vying for this for the top five.
0: Well, then speaking of kind of war movies, what about Fury with Brad Pitt?
2: Oh, do I think that he could get nominated?
0: Do you think that's in the he, realm of possibility?
2: I, he's much less likely, I think. I, I think would. Mer- yeah. Yeah, American Sniper is more likely to get nominated. I mean, I thought Brad, Le- Brad Pitt's performance was was fine as well. Um, but I, I, I feel like that film, to me, I I've liked it fine, but I wasn't crazy about it. And I think that's kind of the way that the majority of the Academy has received the film. They It's fine, but not... Not necessarily something that they're gonna nominate.
0: Which is something I agree with and there's a possibility of like sound nominations something like technical awards, but with oh, that,
2: that's that's true, yeah. Yeah,
0: but with, with with that said, I bring Fury up because it it is winning some awards in small circles. I and it's getting on some lists and things. I wouldn't necessarily agree. I think Fury, like you said, and we've talked about it on this podcast, Abe and I have, um, I think it's an okay movie. But I do and as far as kind of the acting goes, yes, Brad Pitt stands out just because he's basically the veteran actor in this cast, and he he has he has a tr- he has a trickier performance than I think the other characters do. So with that in mind, Fury, I mean, it's 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 this combination of it's generally well received. Like no one hated Fury, and I say no one loosely. I mean, no one it 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 has favorable reviews overall, and it uh, it it did make money. <laughs> like it was people saw Fury. That's the other thing, and. It's seeing it kind of wind up on random lists and random kind of little awards, like critic circles and things. It's like, well, this makes me wonder if it's a bigger contender than I might be expecting.
2: And and, and what what awards did it win? Uh, I don't know. I just keep. Well, I mean, I I, I, I I know know that that there was some talk in the supporting actor category for both Logan Lerman and Shia LaBeouf. There's there was some talk uh, I d- I don't think either one of those for
0: performances... for freshest faced and terrius died performance.
2: Yeah, I no. don't think either one of those is likely for a best supporting actor nomination. But but I I know that those were discussed.
0: It won uh best ensemble on the National Board of Review.
2: Oh okay, well that National Board of Review. I yeah, think...
0: it's a weird one. Yeah, but
2: yeah, what what won best picture? Uh,
0: it... a most violent year.
2: Yeah, so that's. That's an odd choice. I, I think a most violent year will perhaps might get some nominations, but it's not, in my opinion, it's not a leading contender.
0: Here's the thing, though. There hasn't been a movie that won the National Board Review for Best Picture that hasn't been in the Best nom- best Picture nomination category since, like, the 80s. Okay.
2: So it's
0: like it's pretty much guaranteed a spot now to be a Best Picture nominee, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Um, again... I like the movie quite a bit. I'll get to that at some point mm-hmm. in the future. But um good good for it, I guess for now. But uh yeah, there are that that can actually that can lead us into Best Pictures. Um and what I want to talk about with Best Picture nomination stuff is that we don't have a front runner. Like there's there's movies that you expect to get nominated, but there's not one that like like last year you had Gravity and Twelve Years of Sleep. Those right. are movies that like no doubt were gonna be nominated and no doubt one of them was likely going to win Best Picture. This year, yeah, I can name Birdman and Boyhood and uh, The Imitation Game and maybe The Theory of Everything, but they none of them stand out as like that's well, the clear I, top here. I, in, I
2: would like, put Selma in that category. Sel- so. Selma's,
0: I because I, I haven't seen it yet. So I keep forgetting Selma. Yeah, yeah, Selma. But, yeah, but, Selma too, but still,
2: yeah. it, it's it it was screened recently and it it really did well. Like people loved it. First I mean, yeah,
0: you can say the same thing about a lot of these movies that, you know, have their first screening and screen really well. Like Boyhood, for example. I mean, that movie has like a knock okay. it
2: yeah. But the thing about boyhood is that screened, you know, way back, you know, in the beginning of the year or the mid year, and people are still talking about it. Yeah. So I would say that if I had to pick a front runner at this point, I would say it would still be boyhood. I, I can agree with that sentiment. I would
0: as far as yeah, as far as like best picture goes, if like there's one where I guess I'd have to kind of level out. Yeah, it'd be that or. And
2: and and I will also add to that that in, in my own personal view, I would love to see that because I think Boyhood was a great film. So
0: I, yeah, I agree as well.
2: Now Selma, which neither of us have seen, is also a, a you know a, a contender that is starting to kind of make a lot of headway in in discussion right now. And I think a, a lot of Selma's um, you know uh, talk. Has a lot. It's the timeliness of it. I mean, it's really, it's a story that I think. Uh, I, I don't want to get into. Like, I don't want to get too political, but just. But a it, lot of yeah, stuff it tra-
0: like, it transcends just being about the, Martin Luther King and fits into right, right. things it, going a lot on of, currently.
2: There's a lot of stuff happening in the news right now. Yeah. And and a lot of that I think speaks to Selma, and I think a lot of people are swayed by that. You know, they they so that definitely is in its favor.
0: There's an element of kind of social unrest that that links this movie's past most, with the current. With most
2: Machado. definitely, yeah. yeah which
0: I, sure. I, which definitely is part of what makes me look forward to it, where I'm not just going to see, like, here's a period drama about a very important figure. It's, there's there's more to it. Right, right. Which I, I'm looking forward to catching. Something we haven't talked about at all, Unbroken. And Correct. I bring that up because, obviously, it's... I mean, just, just reading the list of things that make this movie seem like something that should be a bigger deal than it seems to end up being, just based on the kind of initial reviews that are coming out. But it's a... It is a World War II period drama based on a true story about a man who recently died that went through a prison camp in Japan only and was Olymp, an Olympic medal winner That in this movie directed by a female, Angelina Jolie, co-scripted by the Coen brothers, that comes out on Christmas Day. All of that says this movie needs all the Oscars.
2: Let, let's just <laughs> give it the award. I mean, yeah, come right? on. It's so on paper. This fits it's just, into like...
0: every possible cliche of awards bait that's imaginable.
2: Right. And for a long time, it was up at the top, you know, as a possible contender to win Best Picture. And then it screened. And it is it's a good movie. I think it is definitely something that will get nominated. It's I mean, top 10 or top nine, whatever, whatever number of films get actually nominated this year. I think it will definitely be one of them. Me personally, I thought it was fine. I just didn't think it achieve the level of you know timeliness that i think a film should achieve in order to win the best picture so i i don't i think it, it's chance and that's sort of the sentiment the chances of it winning best picture fell and it's it's now it's still in the top 10 but it's nowhere near the top anymore
0: yeah and i can't say it's a shame or not because i haven't seen it yet but at the same time it is a tremendous story and it would have been, not, cause it's not like you're the only one saying that. I've, I've heard that from plenty of people where it's basically, it's not even a mess. It's actually, it's kind of weird cause like I feel like as much as I want to see this movie, I feel like the, there's a, there's a, there's a percentage of people out there that are kind of ready to attack it for, for just existing, for being this movie that seems like generic Oscar bait. And trailers haven't done enough for me to really kind of dissuade that feeling out of my mind. I feel like it's, you know, it sells a movie, but. I don't think it sells the greatest movie as much as it might I like to.
2: I don't think you'll attack it if you approach the film with an open mind which I know you do then I think you know you you will enjoy it fine but I don't think you will I I, I would suspect you won't come away with it thinking you know it's the best picture of the year
0: I don't I, either I, but that the, what I, what I guess what I'm saying is that I I think that the, the that's the general consensus where I don't think anyone is going to look at it as the best movie of the year let alone one that really deserves to be nominated just because it exists. So it's it's a curious yeah, place to be.
2: It's a bit of an ordeal to watch too It's a very ironically similar to last year's best picture winner 12 Years a Slave where you have to watch this character go through a lot of atrocities and it's it's you know it it's kind of like by the end of the film you're like oh you know it, it's a lot to sit through and it's it's interestingly told and I think it the picture has its positive and negatives i would say ordinary, overall i would give it a positive review but it, it's i wasn't like i'm not raving about it yeah and i, I think understand. that's kind of the i think that's kind of the feeling that a lot of people have you know greeted the film with
0: moving on and continuing with best pictures what about you know the you know the blockbusters this year what do you what do you, what, do you think there's any potential not necessarily best picture but just kind of St- sitting into the kind of the realm of consideration
2: right. so that's a great question because you know what it was it three or four years ago they decided to open up the best picture category to to 10 nominees and then they said it would be the top whatever that would get the most votes mm-hmm. but it would it would be more than five and that was in order to include uh box office successes like the dark Knight and things like that But what has happened since then is it basically has just opened it up to more independent pictures, and they're like this year there are very few blockbusters, and there's essentially only one that I can really, well maybe two, that I can think of that are you know possible contenders for the best picture nominee, and and one of them is Interstellar, so Interstellar is definitely a, a contender for best picture. And that's 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 a blockbuster.
0: Which and probably the only one of the ones I'm thinking of that seems like a likely possibility.
2: Right. And then, I mean, Gone Girl. I mean, would you call that a blockbuster?
0: I yeah, I wouldn't call it a blockbuster, but it is. It, it's just a very. It's a massively successful movie. Um, but that that still that that fits more into that kind of prestige category at this point, where I do see that as kind of a, gu- a good possibility, but not because it's a, bo- a blockbuster. Just more of it's a it's a it's a high class David Fincher
2: movie. Because. <laughs> Right cuz as of this recording Gone Girl has still made more money than Interstellar. Yeah. Although that I I suspect I mean, world, that, worldwide, that will change. Worldwide Interstellar's. Worldwide. Idea, okay, right, right, right. Right. So I mean those if there's anything that's considered a black box those are only two. I mean everything else I think well, is I mean is I, what I
0: what I guess I'm getting to is like something like Guardians of the Galaxy which is you know the biggest movie of the year. Right, right.
2: So Personally, I would love to see that. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. And if it was up to me and I I was nominating, you know, 10 films of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy would be in that that top 10. But I, I, I haven't heard the buzz for that film. I don't think that that's a likely nominee.
0: I wouldn't say it's likely, but at the same time. I wouldn't hold it outside of the realm of possibility. I think something like that, or even Captain America, which was also, you know, a huge hit, or even How to Train Your Dragon 2. They're, it's not that they're just blockbusters, it's that they're really, they were really well received. Like, uh, the people right. really praise these movies for what they are. And it helps that they're, you know, well above average of what they I would Guardians and How to Train Your Dragon 2 more so, but well above average of what they are of being kind of spectacle films, but they certainly have a lot going for them in terms of plenty plenty of things story emotion whatever writing but it's it's like i mean because like what was it like up and there was that because it was like up and like one other movie that was like a blockbuster like the year that they started the 10 nominees thing it's like oh yeah okay that makes sense but re- those kind of make it in where you don't expect them to win but it's like oh yeah okay <laughs> this it's makes nice you want to see them yeah and it it makes me curious like what this year is going to bring to that like obviously yes as you said the independent films have managed to kind of take away a lot of – not take away, but kind of work their way into this because of the expansion of the Best Picture category.
2: Well, if if you're talking about blockbusters, I mean, I think the Lego movie would be more likely to get a nomination than, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Believe me, I'd love to see that. (laughs) I know. There's nothing nothing in my mind to make me happier than seeing the Lego movie. Honestly, I
2: think the Lego movie is more likely than Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I. I think yeah. it's
0: more. I think the Guardians is just more recent, and uh, that's that's kind of where I. I right. Or How to
2: Train Your Dragon. I mean.
0: That too. Yeah, that's.
2: And then, and then this hasn't even come out yet, but The Hobbit. That's also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just,
2: I just well, you haven't you haven't seen it, right? No, I haven't. Okay. But and I mean, that, it's, it seems yeah, I like the, the lo- will be a blockbuster.
0: It'll be a yeah yeah no doubt it'll be a blockbuster, but I mean the the love for these movies has is. Significantly different than the love for the Lord of the Rings and how they were nominated right, back in right. back in the Oscars day.
2: Exactly. And I there's agree.
0: so much more that's come out this year that I think far exceeds what The Hobbit will bring, regardless of how good it is or how <laughs> how good it might be. But yeah, in terms of like these block, but I mean Guardians and Lego Movie and How to Train Your Dragon, even like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which again is another right. movie that was incredibly well received. Yeah, and that's a good. A pl- good- has mention. plenty of things going for it i mean they're but yeah i mean yeah as far as like realistic expectations interstellar seems like the, the kind of pick there but i i'd be very curious to see what kind of what kind of draw awards wise something like, Guard, like guardians if anything it seems like a great golden globe nominee <laughs>
2: that's for sure right it
0: seems like chris pratt could easily get like a best actor Gold, comedy musical nomination and guardians could get a best pictured comedy musical nomination
2: I, I have a couple suggest uh, for best picture what do you think about whiplash's chances
0: I think Whiplash fits into that kind of indie movie qualification where it could. Well, it most fits, definitely. Fits do you
2: think? Do you think it will actually get a nomination for Best Picture? I
0: would. I would. I would put the percentages high. I would yeah. say that.
2: Yeah. I, I would too. I, I, I would say it's it's further down the top ten yeah. than the top. But like
0: so, something would, like Birdman, I definitely would see. So right. Would just, right. You no, know, Boy.
2: Boyhood, Selma, Birdman, Imitation Game, you know, Theory of Everything. Those are. Those are definitely. I think like. No question. The, the wild one is something like Grand
0: Budapest Hotel, which again, yes, as we right. both said, it's further back in the year, but it is coming up again because it's not like it wasn't loved when it came out. And while a lot of movies at the earlier parts of the year tend to not be forgotten necessarily, but just kind of, well, yeah, forgotten, I guess. I mean, just kind of not given the regard that they might have gotten if they were released at a different time of year. I do think there's a, there's a good – I think there's a good chance that we'll see some praise go Wes Anderson's way, at least in screenwriting and possibly – I mean maybe like production and costume design I think are good bets as well. Right. Um, but even best picture I, I I wouldn't hold it outside the realm of possibility with the nine um, with nine or 10 nominations and the fact that again as much as we might point to boyhood or selma there isn't a direct like so, front runner that
2: Yeah, what? so none of Wes Anderson's films have ever been nominated for best picture. Mhm. So this, this would be the first.
0: This would be the first. It's also his most successful film from a box office standpoint. Like, there's a yeah. lot of things working in its favor.
2: Oh, no, trust but, me. I, I yeah. would love to see it make the top ten.
0: There's the, I, there's I just
2: feel like it's the odds are a little against it but yeah or no, it's that, that it. kind of
0: fits the like about time category of like finally we're getting some representation for this person that's been consistently making good films
2: right and and people loved it too and it did well it did i mean yeah. as far as his films do they they it did well at the box office and it has a ma- i mean it's another
0: golden globe nominee right there it has a massive number of actors that they can invite to their ceremonies. So.
2: right Lots of lots of
0: stars. Yeah. It's well with Best Picture stuff. I mean, there's two other ones that I, we haven't really mentioned too much. Um, Into the Woods, as far as Best Picture nominee goes. That's about, that's one where like it feels it fits like that in, that Unbroken kind of thing where I can s- – you can see why it would be nominated. I don't know if it will be, but at the same time, it's this kind of big musical release coming out on Christmas with all these he actors. It was directed to, by
2: Rob, Mar- Rob yeah. Marshall. He did Chicago. So, I mean, there's some, like, history there.
0: Yeah, and it's – you know, it's like, well – like the the nature of this musical, it's so like it, it. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one to see if it actually, especially. It is. I mean, yeah.
2: If I if I had to bet, I would say no, it will not get a best picture nomination. But I wouldn't be surprised if it did.
0: It is. It, it seems like there's so many other strong contenders at this point. Regardless of if there's not like a front runner, there seems like there's already we can already like list like five films offhand. But at the same time, there's still four more slots. Another one is a uh, Big Eyes, the Tim Burton film, which we mentioned previously. Um, with Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz is another. There's potential there. I could, I think the, the acting category is too strong for him to kind of make his way, in, especially given that he's a two-time Academy Award winner at this point. Yeah,
2: I I would be shocked if he, yeah. if he gets a nomination in this category.
0: And it's and I've seen big eyes at this point. Like it's it's fun. Like, but I I hardly how see... would you
2: how would you compare it to Ed Wood? Because I think thematically it's sort of a similar type film.
0: It it honestly doesn't hold a candle to Ed Wood. Um, which is a shame. It's just something I I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see another Ed Wood because that's
2: how how about Amy Adams work in Big Eyes? How how is she's she?
0: great in it? because she's... she's
2: if if there's if as far as I'm concerned, if there's something that's likely to get a nomination for Big Eyes, it would be Amy Adams.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised by it either. I think she's very good in the movie. I feel like she if if the movie if it's gonna get a nomination, that would be the one that would get it for um, the movie itself. is It's an entertaining Tim Burton movie. It's not. As good as Ed and Ed Wood. That was another movie that wasn't really. I mean, it, Martin Landau won an Oscar and it got a Best Makeup award, I believe, too. But yeah, it wasn't one that got nearly as high representation as it could have. Um, for whatever reason. That was, I mean, that was '94. That was that was Shawshank Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction year. I mean, there was there was right. plenty of things going on that year. Quiz show. I mean, there was a lot of things out there. Um, but yeah, big eyes. It just it it's similar. I think you said American Sniper is like Clint Eastwood's best movie in years. Big Eyes is Tim Burton's best movie in years, but it's like, well, what are we looking right. at? Right. What to? are you
2: comparing it to?
0: Exactly. Um, you
2: know, one thing, too, I just mentioned about Big Eyes, you know, Amy Adams has been nominated for five Oscars. Yeah. Uh, if she got nominated for this, it would be six. There's some sentiment involved in that, too, you know. But the thing, the thing that's different, I think, about Julianne Moore is that Julianne Moore is seen as more a. You know, she's been acting for a lot longer. Yeah, there's
0: a veteran quality to that. More
2: one. of a veteran quality. Without,
0: it, without being like the, you know, like the, the, like the 70-year-old, like Peter O'Toole or something like that. Like right, right. Super like, old Amy actress. Amy
2: Adams is still quite young. She's yeah. a quite young actress. So I, I, I think despite the fact that she's been nominated quite a bit, um, I think there's less of a like a need to honor her for this role.
0: Because she'll likely be nominated again.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure she will.
0: She, yeah. so she sits in that kind of Kate Winslet area at this point. Right. Uh, we didn't even mention Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, by the way. Um, I wouldn't say she's going to be nominated for Hunger Games, but at the same time, she, I mean, she's she's been consistently good in this role. Uh, maybe next year when it you know concludes, there might be yeah. more consideration. If, if right. right.
2: If there's a reason to nominate her, it would be at the last one, I think. Yeah. Because she's she's never been nominated before, so
0: yeah, not for, for these movies, yeah. So, but the but I mean, people certainly love her, so I mean, it's right. Um, and I I do think that she she her performance in in Mockingjay Part One. There's a lot there, um, but yeah, again, Part Two would probably make more sense, I guess, if you want to call it that. Right. So okay, I, th- I think we've talked about like a, a a solid chunk of like the movies that are you know have potential to be nominated for things, but there's some other like we haven't talked about foreign movies at all, and I feel bad because I haven't seen nearly as many as I would have liked to this year so far. Like I actually plan to watch Ida later today. But Mark, Dito offhand like any foreign movies you'd love to see kind of get love for?
2: Yeah. Well, so I haven't seen a lot of. Foreign movies this year, but uh, one. So Ida is definitely a front runner, and that's you know I, I saw that and it, and it was good. Um, other possible nominees. There's one from Sweden called Force major which,
0: which I that, apparently just missed because it was at my theater for a lot of weeks, and now it's not playing there anymore. And I feel really bad because I wanted to see it.
2: So that's definitely a contender, and then Marion Cotillard's film. Um, it's actually from Belgium. It's called Two Days, One Night. Mm-hmm. That's also a, a foreign film. That's definitely a, a strong contender for a nomination. Um, there's one from Russia called Leviathan. Yep. Um, that's that's a strong contender. Which is funny because there was a movie called Leviathan just the year before. It was a documentary, but this is a completely different film. And then um, the only only other one that I think is kind of worth mentioning would be Winter Sleep, which is from Turkey. It won the Palm d'Or from Cannes, and that's also a, a, a good possibility to get a nomination here in this category. I know the Lunchbox had a lot of praise going into it as well. And I was... Yeah, I, and so I and I saw that and I enjoyed it. For some reason, I don't hear a whole lot of talk about that actually getting a nomination.
0: It was a you know it was a, it was a summer movie, <laughs> whatever that means. I mean, it came yeah. out during that so, kind of period.
2: So for whatever reason, I, I it doesn't seem to be a film. But I mean. that... And these foreign film categories are always like you need to qualify, and I, I assume that that did qualify for the time period. I, I mean? believe
0: so. Yes. Okay.
2: So yeah, no, I mean that would I enjoyed that. That would definitely be um, a worthy nominee. I, I think I probably would. I mean, I would probably give it to Ida over the Lunchbox, but but definitely both good films.
0: Yeah, I, I wish I had more to say about this, but I just I, I haven't been able to. See yeah, it's it.
2: it's not quite you know. I mean, last year we had Blue is the warmest color, which which didn't even get nominated because it didn't qualify but that was you know that was kind of a foreign film that was kind of you know yeah
0: people, in the co- in the social context people
2: saw it and, and it was it was really kind of extraordinary I, I i will say that ida is is fine i'm not quite i'm not i'm not rushing out to the rooftops to proclaim everyone to see it
0: we talked plenty about you know a lot of other things but we could, let's get into some um Something that we'd love to see, like, some, like regardless of like whether or not it's a realistic expectation, what kind of what movies that we've liked, or performances that we liked, or elements of certain movies that we like that we'd love to see get more recognition in this award season.
2: Well, I'd love to see Gugu Mbatha Raw get nominated for, Be- for Bell. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I would love to see that.
0: There's a, there's a lot of... I, I wish I had more actresses in mind for this, but, I mean, there's a lot of actors that I'd love to see get kind of some recognition. Like, I love... Uh, I mean, Hall and Nightcrawler is one thing. Gyllenhaal and Enemy is fantastic. I think Tom Hardy in The Lock. I really like that performance a lot. There's uh, this movie called... Did you see Blue Ruin, Mark?
2: I never saw that, no.
0: Blue Ruin, this fantastic revenge movie that's on a Netflix stream. It's more... And it's less about the revenge and more about the aftermath of said revenge. And it's... It's a... It's a it's a really strong film, but it has this tremendous lead performance from the actor whose name escapes me right now, which is a shame. But he's a fairly new actor. Uh, it's like Macon so, uh, Macon Blair. There's it's a really strong performance right there. I think I know I liked Frank a lot more than you did, Mark. But I really like Michael Fassbender in that film. I think uh, John Lithgow and Love Is Strange is really strong.
2: Oh it, yeah, Love is Strange is a film that we didn't even talk about and and that was a wonderful film.
0: It I is mean, and even
2: script was was wonderful.
0: I completely agree and but I just I don't see it going no. anywhere like maybe I mean it got some love at the independent spirit award nominations which I like seeing but yeah as far as kind of Oscar potential goes I don't really see much there. Same with like The Skeleton Twins. I think Bill Hader oh, is incredibly strong in yeah. that film.
2: No, and again, another film, script, uh performances, Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig both extraordinary no i i love that film
0: there's a there's a number of like screenwriting awards that i regardless if they're realistic or not but like ones that i just like to see something like um something like dear white people a movie that i, I really enjoy and if I if, if it's gotten some love independent spirit award nominations and i can see it getting some more kind of critic circle things but i that's that's one where I'd, I'd love to see that get more recognition there's um
2: oh what about we didn't even talk about this but tessa thompson for, I don't know what you'd call her, maybe actress? I like, think it'd,
0: it'd probably be, act, act, that movie, it seems like such an ensemble, would probably be like supporting actors if they ran her for something. But Tessa I Thompson guess. is very good in that movie, I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah, so I I I thought she was very good too.
0: We haven't talked about Chef at all, and both you and I love Chef. I don't even, like,
2: I guess writing would be something that I'd... Just, yeah, I don't, but I don't hear anybody talking about that. Like, I, yeah doesn't seem to be part of the conversation, but that, that would definitely... That uh, Chef was wonderful. I love that film. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about cinematography either. I, I think uh, there's a couple of films that sort of stand out in this category, and yeah. Birdman Birdman yeah. is one, for sure. I just thought that is one of the things that I love this supposed single take in the film was just extraordinary. And I, I know that it really wasn't a single take, but the fact that it looked like it was really added... To what I loved about that film. I mean, I like the film and I think the cinematography is a very big part of why I loved it.
0: Yeah, Birdman, I mentioned Nightcrawler earlier, but even more kind of stronger, like obvious choices, something like Gone Girl, because David Fincher can he can handle all the technical awards. can <laughs> he can take a lot of those. Even so, I mean, something like like Grand Budapest, where it, there's such a deliberate uh-huh. style there. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, production and costume I mentioned before, but something like the the cinematography of that movie, like it.
2: Actually, I, I will say, okay, so we we didn't talk about Unbroken too much, but in the very beginning scenes of Unbroken, there's these scenes, uh, aerial scenes where they're um, at war. They're really well done. Like that movie opens with a really spectacular, you know, set pieces. So Unbroken has some pretty pretty extraordinary cinematography and, and and it continues throughout the film so it, it's definitely one of the strong points i i would actually say that unbroken if it's going to get some kind of a nominations it it would i mean so, it, it'll, it'll i think it'll get a bit it'll get a best picture nomination but i think it 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 might actually have a chance of winning best cinematography
0: or just like some of those technical merits in general like i'm sure the sound is probably really good in unbroken it, um, yeah
2: yeah that, all of that and then interstellar i don't know yeah
0: interstellar i can see Getting a lot, plenty. I mean, like Inception got plenty of love in the when it came to the technical awards when that movie came out, and obviously that was well. i no, obviously. I mean, it, it. They both fit into this kind of popular film mixed with exciting technical merits that can be rewarded. That kind of thing.
2: Well, you saw Exodus: Gods and Kings. How was the cinematography in that? Because that's the kind it, of film.
0: It's a very handsome production, but at the same time, I think it's just honestly. There's just I think there's too much more that'll be considered given the popularity and strength of those movies versus exodus which i i don't see as one that's going to get the kind of love for certain elements that might deserve it regard despite the fact that the movie doesn't quite match up to (laughs) the quality of the movie overall doesn't quite match up to what kind of love you can give to those technical merits whereas something like interstellar has that and has you know the love of that movie to go with it as well which qualifies for several other of these movies like birdman and and uh, even unbroken potentially, which I, I don't see as being this kind of <laughs> colossal flop. By the time critic reviews come out, it,
2: it, it's not a flop. I mean, yeah. it, it, I think what happened was people built it up into this best picture winner, and then they saw it and said, "No, this 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 is not the best picture of the year." But it's still a it's it's still a solid film.
0: Let's see, I want to let's get into feedback. I know I, we because we we talked about plenty of things. And I don't want to skip over feedback since we did have a lot of. Feedback related to the theme of this week, which is award season. So I'm going to go into that now so we'll have enough feedback. I'll just ask some of the, read some of the questions off here and we can kind of go into it from here. This is the first one is what potential award contender film is everyone looking forward to this fall or winter? Jose says Selma, Tyler has Foxcatcher, Manish has Wild and Unbroken, and he needs to see the Imitation Game. So, I mean, we've talked about all those films already. And I think as far as kind of ones I'm looking forward to, I think Selma, and you and I, Mark, I think Selma is the one that kind of we're. Still well, exactly Selma, well.
2: and then I haven't seen The Imitation Game, so ah, that, yeah. that's okay. that's definitely something I'm I'm looking forward to.
0: And I haven't seen Unbroken, I'm looking forward to seeing Unbroken. Next question we have is if you had to make a prediction, who do you think will walk away? Who do you think is walking away with an Oscar based on the films of this year? Manish um, says um, Michael Keaton and Julianne Moore are major front runners. Same goes for J.K. Simmons. Uh, Mark, I think you think J.K. Simmons is probably your lock that you would if you had to give one. That would be
2: a yeah. Strong I mean, one. I would say in both. Supporting actor categories, J.K. Simmons and uh, uh, Patricia Arquette, I think, are both pretty, pretty solid in those categories.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> Other, like, locks, I'm, it's like hard. Well,
2: I mean, Julianne Moore is pretty strong, and I don't think it should be this way, because I think my personal feeling is there were a lot of strong female performances this year. But what it seems to be leading towards is Julianne Moore for Best Actress in uh, Still Alice. But, uh, you know, I thought there were a lot of great performances by female performances. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good choices, but it, I think maybe just the way that the Academy Awards will play out. It does seem like Julianne Moore has it kind of sewn up. I don't know. What do you what do you think?
0: I think you've made, you've made a good point or I, I don't see, I don't see. It's because there's not such a there's not a standout female performance that seems to like lean ahead of a of Julia Moore, where I can I can say something like Rosamund Pike because she's really good in it in Gone Girl, but I, I, I can't see that as, like, the one that's definitely going to win. I haven't seen Still Alice, so I can't say the same about Julia Moore necessarily either, but at the same time, the kind of buzz you're hearing about her performance, it's like, I don't I don't see more buzz for somebody else, I'll put it that way.
2: Right. But pic, picture is definitely up in the air. I don't think that's... For sure. That's been decided.
0: Even like best animated film is up in the
2: air. <laughs> it's this kind of. It is. I mean, what do you what do you want to go on record saying that you think will win? I mean, I think I think we both think the same thing.
0: Well, will win probably How to Train Your Dragon too, I I think. You think so? You think that will win? I think will win. I think it's what because well, like I, I think trust me, Lego... I I love to see the Lego movie win. I, I would. No,
2: I, I think it's the Lego movie.
0: That's why that's why I think it's somewhat of a toss up. But at the same time, if I had to lean on something, I'd probably say How to Train Your Dragon.
2: Ah. Uh. No, I actually think that the Lego movie is the will-win for that category.
0: Okay. Next question we have is, uh, what films would you love to see pick up some technical awards this season? And Manish was all over our questions this week, so thank you for that, Manish. Uh, He says, (laughs) I'd love love for uh, Whiplash and Edge of Tomorrow to tie for best editing. Interesting. We didn't talk about Edge of Tomorrow as well. That's another kind of blockbuster film, although it wasn't a huge blockbuster, but one that certainly had a lot of love given its way that I'd like to see get represented in some manner that'd be cool but well, how about
2: Emily Blunt for best actress how that'd be I crazy mean would, how crazy would that be
0: that'd be a, that'd be pretty fantastic <laughs> like,
2: but but like not crazy because she was really good in the film so she is, yeah yeah no i i i would support that
0: it fit that kind of rare like genre film nomination too which you only get so often something like you know Sigourney Weaver is Ripley in Aliens
2: that's a, right that's yeah. a good call out
0: yeah and lastly uh, what performer would you like to finally see win an Oscar? And Adam has Leonardo DiCaprio. Shelley has I second Leo. Uh, Jake Man has Dakota or Elle Fanning. Tyler has Brian Cranston, Gary Oldman, John Goodman, Mark Wahlberg. So many deserving actors, actresses that haven't won. So many undeserving actors, actresses that have that have won.
2: So these are performances that like they just want to see at some point. Performers,
0: cause... performers that they want to see actually win an award finally, given right. their kind of their how great they've been in films so far right. uh chum has brad pitt or edward g robinson um jason has tom hiddleston linda has gary oldman Maria has leo Louis- louise has julianne moore ryan has gary oldman justin has tom cruise jim Dietz has andy circus see well we didn't even talk about this andy circus uh, oh yeah they, they, supporting actor. Supporting actor, but it's and it's something that Fox is actually trying to do. They want to, I mean, I don't necessarily see it happening, but at the same time, Fox is promoting the idea that Andy Serkis should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Do you expect this to be a thing, like, in the future where we have more motion capture performances?
2: I think it will come up again, yes. So, yeah, that that is something that I think we will see again.
0: Yeah, like... And because and if like we're not getting like a stunt category, so I doubt we're going to get a motion capture category anytime soon. But at the same time, recognizing an actor in this capacity, I can see happening at some point. Maybe they, I think they're it's tricky because it's hard to say, like, I need to see like a dramatic film that has this kind of form. It's because you're not like, when are you going to see that? When are you going to see a dramatic film? That, and you could argue Donald Planet of the Apes is a dramatic film, but it is a summer blockbuster movie as well. But it's well, like
2: it seems like every year we have some discussion regarding some actor that is a performance that's a little bit non-traditional. Remember last year we talked about Scarlett Johansson for her, Mm -hmm. where you don't see her and it's just a voice. I mean, we've had this performance at least as far back as Aladdin for Robin Williams. And and maybe there have been other examples even before that. But yeah, I mean, I think the more that these kind of performances rise to the occasion and and give us something that is really extraordinary, I think we're going to continue to kind of like discuss it. So. Yeah, I mean, I think Andy. and It seems like Andy Serkis. I mean, you know, he's
0: he keeps he's, coming up in this conversation. He keeps yeah,
2: coming up. Yeah.
0: Between Gollum and and the and, and Caesar twice, basically. <laughs> like,
2: so right, maybe maybe right.
0: when like War of the Planet of the Apes or whatever is going to be called <laughs> when that comes out, maybe we'll finally get that nomination for it. It's
2: possibly, yeah. yeah.
0: And then you, I mean, you look at some of the other names that are mentioned in this list: Leonardo DiCaprio, which. You, you and I, we both really love Leonardo DiCaprio, and Wolf of Wall Street, maybe at least one of his best performances, maybe his best performance, like that one very likely could have gotten him an Academy Award, but something like um Gary Oldman, who's been around forever, not forever, but he's been around for quite a while and hasn't won anything, and has only been nominated, I think Tinker Terrible Soldier Spy, that was like his first nomination, I believe. Um, right. It's interesting when you see that's, something like... That's yeah, a
2: crime right it there. It is. He and should have... If the crime is anything, it's that he hasn't been nominated more often.
0: And for roles that really seem, like, I like Tigger, Tigger, Soldier, Spy a lot, but Gary Oldman, he's a chameleon of an actor, and he's given, he's given a wide variety of performances, and seeing him in kind of straight-laced British mode, it's like, really? Like, same with, like, and I know Scott Mendelssohn likes this, to bring this example a lot, up, too, with like, Helena Bonham Carter and the King Speech. Helena Bonham Carter has given a wild range of performances throughout her career, and you give her the nomination for, like, the supporting wife character of the king <laughs> right like, w- like, w- what what are we acknowledging as far as the performance goes here <laughs>
2: right it's the most traditional yeah. safe performance she's ever given and it's good it's a good performance for sure yeah but yeah it's like the most yeah it's the wife kind of thing
0: which i mean you could see you could say that for and you haven't seen the imitation game yet but that's our that's kind of what kira knightley is she's the girl in the okay movie. so
2: Hey, this is I'm going out on a limb here, but I wouldn't even be mad if Keira Knightley was nominated for Begin Again for actress. Mm-hmm. I think she actually gets that's like that's a meaty role that she got, and it was something that she actually gets to act and and do something. Do I think she'll get nominated? No, not at all. But I think she was good in that part. I agree. And well,
0: yeah, thank it, it, you. well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but and it does kind of not that she you know. Kira Knightley, not she's not the Helena Bonham Carter of you know acting super crazy and wild in certain roles or whatnot. But as far as kind of branching out from certain types of roles that Kira Knightley's known for playing, that's certainly a reach there. I mean, she's required to play you know uh, someone that's, that 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 sings and wears her heart on her sleeve, that kind of thing, and it's it's different. Right. It changes it up, and you know she's contemporary, so <laughs> that's
2: another thing. Right, she's not playing this you know British kind yeah. of woman with an accent, and um, I don't know. I mean. I, I again, I'm biased because I I do like her as an actress, so I I tend to kind of, you know, I I like her performances, you know, in films even when the film isn't that good, like yeah, that I, uh, I, like that. Uh, what's that film that she did at the beginning of this year, which was like totally
0: what like Jack Ryan.
2: Jack Ryan. I was gonna say it's totally forgettable. Yeah. I mean, you know, she she was she was good in that, even though the film was kind of. Yeah, she's like, a
0: com- she's a competent actress for sure. Right. And more than capable in a lot of cases. What else? What up? Before we we've been going on for a while, so we <laughs> can wrap this up, I guess. But any any other thoughts before we uh, move on?
2: Uh. Well, we didn't we didn't talk a whole lot we, we mentioned uh JK Simmons for Best Supporting Actor and we mentioned Edward Norton. We we sort of in passing mentioned Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. and and Mark Ruffalo. I think Tom Wilkinson is also a possibility for Selma. Yeah. And then another performance which I don't agree with, but I think he has all of a sudden been part of the conversation is this Niavi for Unbroken, who plays this sort of uh he's one of the uh he's this uh, charge of the Japanese uh, jail and he's the one that kind of uh, makes life difficult uh, for the protagonist. I I didn't think his performance was that spectacular, so I wouldn't have nominated him, but I've noticed his name has popped up quite a bit lately. So there is, I just want to mention him in case he does actually get nominated because it it does at the moment seem like he's part of the conversation. All right.
0: Um, The only thing I want to, mentioned before we wrap this up is that i just desperately don't want the judge to be nominated for anything (laughs) Um, yeah
2: well and speaking of supporting actor there's a possibility robert duvall exactly i don't want to see that happen (laughs) it hasn't really yeah it hasn't gotten a whole lot of acclaim so it's it's nice to talk about things but
0: some things i just don't want to see happen that's kind of one of them All right, let's move on (laughs) from that that horrible judging of another movie called The Judge. Let's move into Out Now, Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, streaming this week. Uh, We have lots of things here. First up, we've talked about this film. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. See that if you haven't seen that movie already.
2: Who hasn't seen it?
0: Exactly. It's the biggest film of the year, wildly entertaining. Go check it out.
2: If Uh, you haven't seen it, then welcome to Planet Earth. (laughs) It's the biggest film of the whole year.
0: Uh, next up is Dolphin Tale 2. I just saw this movie. Mark, did you see Dolphin Tale 2? I did not. It, it's harmless. It's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's,
2: that's the pull quote. It's, it, it's harmless. It's
0: harmless. Aaron Newberg. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's if you know what you're getting into, you know what you're getting into. Uh next up we have When the Game Stands Tall. I believe this is a football a college football film with Jim Caviezel as like the lead coach based on a true story. Uh next up we have Frank uh with Michael Fassbender, who had a film that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's another film called Eye Origins that I saw. Um how was it like June or July? Um uh, it was from the I believe the director of Another Earth and it had a it had Britt Marling in there. Uh so it's an interesting film to check out. Calvary there's another film where Mark, I know you weren't you weren't a big fan of Calvary, right? You it was.
2: I, I yeah, I, I didn't care for it very much.
0: That was with uh, Brendan Gleeson, um, from um, oh no, it's not um, not Martin McDonagh because that's the other. It's like John Michael. Mc... It's like his brother, um, as Brendan Gleeson as this priest.
2: Yeah, he he, he played a priest. Priest, or, yeah, okay.
0: Um, it's on a
2: redemptive journey.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> I like I like Calvary quite <laughs> for the ad, for Brandon Gleeson's performance and some other work from some of the other actors in that film. Um,
2: the director was John Michael McDonough. John Michael McDonough, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you were, I think you had it.
0: I said I was I was like I knew it was a McDonough because I know Martin McDonough. He did uh, Seven Psychopaths and um, and in Bruges, his brother John Michael are both playwrights. So. Uh, uh,
2: Calvary also had Dom Hall Gleason, which mm-hmm. see, who seems to be in like everything these days as well
0: everything british that's for sure well he
2: was uh, he was in unbroken
0: okay all right (laughs) wow he
2: he had a pretty major part in unbroken i
0: didn't realize that i'm looking forward to that before now like
2: yeah major and then he was you know calvary frank frank yeah
0: well good more reasons for me to look forward to unbroken i didn't realize
2: yeah yeah no no, he has a a significant part in that film actually
0: um let's see dead snow 2 um, if anyone's seen Dead Snow, it is a film about Nazi zombies in Norway, and this is the <laughs> sequel. And if I've already That's... intrigued you by Nazi zombies, then you're in for a treat. And Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, does not require you to see the first film, which is fun, but this film is much better, and it has a very handy recap of what went on in the first movie. If you're into kind of zombie horror and looking for like a good horror comedy, Dead Snow 2 is where it's at. It's a really fun film. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Who Season 8, there's probably some Whovians out there that are looking forward to that. Under the Dome Season 2, there's probably some Domians out there looking for that. Um, Time Bandits, Criterion Collection, Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits. Do you have, are you a fan of this film, Mark? Uh,
2: we, I love Terry Gilliam, and actually Time Bandits is probably his most mainstream film. So, yeah, I like it. It's, it's not my favorite Terry Gilliam film, I'd I probably put brazil you know at the top of that list but uh but, but yeah know i like time bandits
0: well that's out this week and then we have like a bunch of like uh super like diamond edition versions of blu-rays coming out for um for batman 89 which celebrated its uh, 25th anniversary this year uh gremlins which celebrated its 30th year 30th anniversary this year forrest gump 15 years uh or er, 50 20 years sorry uh, Green Mile, 15 years, and Natural Born Killers, uh, 20 years. Uh, so all these movies come out in like, very special Blu-ray editions this week. and they're all... I, I like all of these movies, <laughs> so I just wanted to oh, point them out.
2: I, I love uh, 12 Monkeys as well. 12 Monkeys, like yeah. Terry Gilliam, yeah. yeah. 12
0: Monkeys, is I that, I think that would probably be his, it's his most successful film, I know that, just from a box office standpoint. But...
2: Well, The Time Bandits came out in 1981. Yeah, so it's, so yeah, it's different, it, yeah. It did pretty well for that First year. First time, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's all that's coming out this week on uh, Blu-ray, DVD and whatnot. Uh, next week's show, we're going to talk about Exodus, colon, Gods and Kings, starring Christian Bale and Jill Edgerton as Egyptians and Hebrews. Um,
2: and, you you kind of did a little mini-review of that already.
0: Yeah, but uh, we'll have more, to, I'll have more to say about it next week. And I know we have a very special guest lined up for that episode, which I'm excited about.
2: You know what uh, comes out next week also is Top 5 with yes. Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to see that film, actually. I
0: am, too, yeah. I um I actually I missed my screening for it. <laughs> a hashtag movie critic it gets to go to press screenings, but yes, I'm very excited to see that as well, and I've heard a lot of good things about it so far. But Chris Rock, and he, like he wrote and directed this film, Chris Rock is someone who like I always I I enjoy seeing his writing in movies, and I'm hoping that the good stuff in that movie is really good. Whereas I know Chris Rock, and I think even Chris Rock knows he's never been a great actor. But when he's given the chance to kind of deliver certain monologues on film, he can do it really well. So I, I really want to see that.
2: I think if Chris Rock is left to his own intelligence, I think he does a good job. I think sometimes when he's, you know,
0: playing off certain people in other movies.
2: Yeah, then it's it's it tends to be like not the best. But no, no, I think he actually has a very uh, intelligent, subversive, subversive, you know, take on things. I, I actually this could be quite good. I will. I'm, I'm I have uh, high hopes for
0: sure. And he had like I believe he had like an essay online and like or like in Variety or something this week that I read. And like he's one of the actors. He's one of the people like that. I can read like I can read things in his voice. I can see I can like hear like his writing. I can I can read it like in the way that he would probably speak it on stage. Like, And it's. That's you don't get that from a lot of people so that's impressive
2: <laughs> yeah top 5 also has another one of your favorites Rosario Dawson
0: yes I'm saying. very well. aware <laughs> yeah. so let me some Rosario Dawson it has a lot of uh, actors that I like in that movie so I'm looking forward to it uh, but yeah next week we are going to I'll probably talk about top 5 in the, the yeah, no, quickie section but yeah Oh, sp-
2: speaking of actors that are in everything these days Kevin Hart is in top 5 as yeah. well yeah
0: mm-hmm. I'm making it like his 6th movie this year I he's think. he's been
2: like the go to guy now yeah like
0: Everything. <laughs> he's, he's got like a movie in January. He's got probably a movie in February. Like he's all over the place. <laughs> so, but yeah. Uh, next week we're gonna talk about Exodus: Gods and Kings as our main review. Well, and A will be back and we'll have everything else going on. So, with that in mind, before we wrap up, Mark, uh, what should people go and see in theaters right now?
2: Um. Well, early? I would say the most easiest thing to see would be The Hunger Games. Although that's not really. I mean, that's probably not my favorite, but that's like something that's like really popular at the moment. I, I, I say the theory of everything. The theory of everything is probably the thing I would say to go see in the, the, the theater right now. It's a, a good film and uh, it's playing in a fair amount of theaters. Um, go see that.
0: Yeah, that's actually what I plan to see next um, in theaters. Um, and as far I, I can't
2: believe the, you haven't seen that yet.
0: It's just time. <laughs> and like i've given the the movies i have seen i've i've certainly been it's not like i've been wasting my time because i've you, been seeing a lot of these other movies that have come out do you
2: suspect that you will greet it with sort of like oh this is like a love story and it's standard or do you think you'll like it
0: i think i'll like it it's just okay. more of i think i know what to expect from it which is what's put it like
2: cuz i i like going out list. of my way to see this film like it's i i sort of saw the trailer and i was already tearing up and i was like okay i I think this, I'm going to like this. And then I went and saw it and I did like it. And yeah, it's a little manipulative, but it, but it, Eddie Redmayne is so good in the film. I'll, I'll, I mean,
0: I'll say this. I, I was, I'm more intrigued now to see, because I didn't realize it was James Marsh directing James Marsh. who did, um, the documentaries. Um, Oh, was it the twin towers documentary. Uh, the, the um, Hmm. <laughs> I know his other movie, uh, project nim, but the one, the one that won the won the Oscar, um, Oh um, so about Philip Petit, walk the the type rope walk. Um Man on what? God Man on a Wire Man on a Wire, yeah. Jesus <laughs> This is, <laughs> like me. um, this is gonna,
2: I mean this this is quite different from Man I on I know wire. it's quite different, but
0: I'm just yeah. my, my my interest is boosted because it's James, Mar- James Marsh directing this movie. Uh, so it's like yeah, I'm, and I am I'm gonna see it, you know, next, which means basically either today or maybe tomorrow. So I'll I'll see it very soon. Oh good. Um, as far as movies I would say see now, uh, I really like Wild and if you can find it, it's only in a limited release and it'll expand throughout the month, but I really like Wild I would recommend seeing that so yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe uh, <laughs> Out Now with Aaron and Mark um, Aaron and
2: Mark, yeah for today only
0: For sure. you can find more of my work on my personal blog com, where you can find out my written movie reviews as well as at com for my written movie reviews as well as Blu-ray reviews there you can also find me at Twitter at Twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Mark?
2: You can find more of my work at FastFilmReviews.com, and you can also fil- follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoven.
0: You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, HHWLOD.com. That is the network that hosts our show and other fun shows about comics and games and cool stuff like that. You can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and at Facebook at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. We have a Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. There's all sorts of ways you can find our show and help contribute and whatnot and, you know, be involved. And we love having, you know, listener feedback and whatnot. And feel free to email us in your thoughts on, you know, award season and what have you. Um, with all of that said, Mark Hoban, thank you very much for joining me today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love talking about award contenders, so this is, like, my favorite thing to do.
0: (laughs) For sure, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this more in the future as well as we get closer and closer to, you know, significant award ceremonies that are coming up, and we'll probably have our Oscar prediction show again and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, always great having you on this podcast, especially when, you know, you can fill in for Abe, as you have done, and it was great having this conversation about these movies.
2: Yeah, we we really went in-depth, so... (laughs) I think that, you know, I mean, if anybody wants to, like, bet on the Academy Awards right now, this is the conversation to listen to.
0: There you go. And I hope you, the listener, have, you know, been enjoying our conversation that we've been having for just, you know, having two guys discuss movies for two hours. So, uh, you know, let us know, again, in your emails and on the Facebook page and whatnot what you think, because we've been doing we've, This is two weeks in a row that we've done this kind of episode since we've had a lack of giant releases. But next week, we'll get back to kind of the regular format. Um, so, you know, we'd love to do, you know, bonus stuff like this in the future if you you guys like it. So. Let us know. And with all of that said, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye.
1: sublime, it's enjoyable to know you and the concubines, niggas, take off your coats, ladies act like gems, sit down, Indian styles, you recite these hymns. see, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo, ludicrously, speedy, or infectious with the slow-mo, heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo, am I never in the quest to get the paper on the caper, but now, let me take it to the queenside, I'm taking it to Brooklyn's side, all the residents to invade the air Hold up a second son. Cause we almost there. You could be a black man or lose all your soul. You could be white and move, but don't prep the road. See, my shit is universal. If you got knowledge, of will of a dealt myself. See, there's no one else who could drop it on the angle. They're cute at that. So do that, do that, do that, that, that. Come on. Do that, do that, do that, that, that. Yeah. Do that, do that, do that, that, that. I'm bugging out, but let me get back. Cause they're wet, and niggas. So run and tell the others, cause we all the brothers. I learned how to build lights workshop class so give me the solo and let's not make it the last we